This week on Nintendo Main, we transform into a podcast about Super Mario Galaxy. I jump all the way around the world. Trey, have you always had those eyes on your hat? What eyes? Nintendo Main episode 93. We are your hosts. I'm Trey Faceship Johnson. I'm Jerdy Boy Mikowski. I'm John Gusty Gardens Knitter. Gusty Gardens. We are back. <laughs> we are back from the Gusty Gardens in episode 93. And we actually have a, we have a part that we recorded earlier for the uh, Portland Retro Expo. So why don't we just like do that right now? We'll just play it really quick. So we're going to go back in time. So we're here live with uh, Jeremy over Skype. He's at the Portland Retro. I apologize for the audio quality. I'm dealing with the equipment I brought with me, which is very small. It sounds fine on this end. Uh, How is Portland? Portland is rainy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically been raining the entire time I've been here. Uh, The clouds lifted for a hot second. Yesterday, I actually managed to get an okay photo of the convention center that I posted on our Facebook. But that was like just a brief moment of no rain. Better stay inside and play video games. Well, that's what I've been yeah, that's why they have it there, because it's super rainy, so you don't go outside. How does it compare to uh, the Midwest Gaming Classic that we went to and talked about? So for one, I would say there are less vendors and there are less arcades. Smaller show in a lot of regards, but it does have some, like, I don't know, it's like got a lot more, like, notable YouTube personality. So I've got to, like, meet some of those people and talk to them a little bit. So you found, yeah. You've, you've meet some, met some of the famous YouTubers. Let's hear some yeah, name drops. Well, first off, I'll say John Hancock. He, he goes by the immortal John Hancock. He's on YouTube, and I really like him. He's like a super genuine dude that uh, he actually started the Portland Re- Retro Gaming Expo. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, him and one other guy started it back in the uh, early 2000s, and it was it was something else before that, but it used to be like tiny event and uh they helped like bolster it and it got kind of big and then he actually ended up going off and doing his own thing he's got his own thing called callus gaming just somewhere in uh, california and it's like kind of a smaller thing but it's based off the same model it's got the same vendors for the most part and a lot of the same events and stuff. but that event is all uh charity based this one's not so much oh okay what but is he's like a he's a strong advocate for uh, uh auti- i don't know if you say autism awareness or helping families that have autistic children so uh, most of what he does is like charity towards that sort of thing because he's a teacher oh that's cool but he also has like a complete u.s sega collection like all the sega genesis games and he's got this really cool uh his youtube channel is like super cool it's just him and all of his like games he's got a lot of them and he oh, like okay. focuses mostly on sega that's his like forte sure but i think he also has a complete nes collection and maybe a complete SNES collection. did he do a but, panel uh, for the most part he's He's a teacher, and that's like day job. So he he tried to turn the video game thing into 
more of a charity. Oh, okay. But he's super cool. I met him today, uh, talked to him for a little bit. He's published, he's helped publish a couple of like repro games. There's one called Tortoise that I guess is kind of popular. That's a, a repro you can buy for the NES. And then there's some other games that have been based kind of around his stories. Like they made some really, you know, kind of like uh, Jeffrey Wittenhagen had. Oh, okay. So it's like in that are kind of based around stories surrounding conventions or just about like there's a game there's an atari game you can buy for like 20 bucks that's based on john hancock's collection and him trying to collect video games so oh okay so it's kind of that sort of thing but all the proceeds go to charity go to the and i, I wish i would have written down what the exact charity is but it is for uh, autistic children and uh, you know children on the spectrum and they also are doing a raffle for an snes classic so i paid two bucks not that I need another one, but, you know, I figured I'd contribute. Oh, and I sure. talked to him for a little while, and he was super nice. Took a picture with me and stuff. Did he do a panel, or was he just hanging out? He did two panels. He did one with uh, all the Metal Jesus Rocks people, which is another kind of famous YouTuber. Yeah. Um, he's part of that collective, but he actually, I think he actually predates all of them and his activity within the video game community here. But he shows up on uh, that youtube channel a lot so today they had like a it was just like the metal juice rocks like mega panel or they call it something like that it's all those youtubers together answering questions and i checked that out for a little while but uh he also did another panel later on about obscure games and it was a lot of what i saw was like about the jaguar and like there's like a there's actually a game on the jaguar of, uh, white men can't jump i remember that <laughs> yep yeah, and he and then, like they were playing that live on the screen and talking. Then they showed uh, uh, Alien versus Predator, of course, which was probably the best Jaguar game. Is there kind of like show? You know, this is what the Jaguar could actually do, but no one really tapped the potential of it. Is there like a bonus area in White Man Can't Jump where you play Jeopardy for a second and answer questions about Mount Vesuvius? It's only a half court basketball game. Oh, okay. That'd a be... lot of those old one on one games from the NES era. It's like a live action basketball game, right? Yeah, it's, it uses like some rotoscoping and stuff to uh, capture movements, and it sort of has a really like rudimentary like camera angle change thing it does. It looks pretty awful, really, yeah. in motion. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the other panel he did. He was cool. Um, I was actually really surprised. There's a guy named uh, another John who's on the uh, Metal Jesus Rocks thing, and he also does his own thing. But he uh, focuses on uh, his YouTube channel is mostly him like fixing old games, and he's got a special like thing he does called open cart surgery, where he'll take games that he finds and like open them up and solder the connections and fix them and stuff to make them work again. Well, I like I saw him at the panel, and so so this has been my most like uh, star-stricken moment. I had I. Uh, he actually had a uh, booth on the floor where he's selling games. He's not a panel guy. And so as I walked up to the table and I saw him there, I was like about to say hi to him. And he's like, here's your pin. And I was like, what? And I was wearing that Star Fox shirt. Yeah. And he handed me the, ask me about Star Fox, like the promotional button, the, the lenticular button that the, it says, ask me about Star Fox 64. It was the button that they wore at game stores back in the day. Oh, okay. He handed oh, that's it to cool. me and said, this is yours now. And I was like, wait what? He's like, that's yours. I'm giving it to you. Like before I even said hi to him. <laughs> that's great. So I was like, just kind of starstruck and like, you know, he's cool. I've like watched his YouTube videos and stuff, but you know, he's not like one of the more prolific. I don't know. He's more like of a niche guy. Cause he just like fixes games. He's not like yeah. in front of the camera talking about hidden gems and stuff like that. For the most part. But sure. I thought that was super cool. Like I walked up to him and I just wanted to say hi. I'm like, holy shit. Like I recognize that dude from YouTube. I'm going to say hi. And like, before I even had a chance to say anything, he's like, this pin is for you. He like had it reached out to me as I walked up. And he handed it was it meant to me. be. Yeah. That was a pretty cool experience. I've got that to add to my stack of uh, swag. Of stuff. Did you buy stuff from him then? Or did you just take the pin and go? I wanted to 
buy uh, I wanted to buy stuff, but he wasn't accepting credit cards, so I could bring cash back to try oh, to buy okay. a game or two. Have you worn Have you worn your Nintendo main shirt yet? You can wear it tomorrow and see if he'll. Tomorrow. I was gonna say wear it tomorrow and see if he'll give you a pin for that. Yeah, yeah, he'll be around tomorrow too. So I I was gonna go back to his booth and visit. But yeah, I got a picture of him, and then I also got to see. I wanted to go to the David Crane panel really bad, but I ended up showing up about ten minutes late, and they had the auditorium closed off. Oh no, you can't but get I, in. Well, I, I probably could have busted in now. Like after I went to a few other panels, I realized that people don't care and they'll just like go in and out as they please. Well, I yeah, saw your picture like, with David Crane and the autographs. Well, I ended up meeting him at his autograph section. So I let I had to leave the Metal Jesus Rocks panel early to make sure I could meet David Crane because that was actually way more important to me. So I uh, I got to meet him. I only talked to him for a second. He seemed like he was pretty worn out from. He had just gotten done. I was like at the very end of the line, like signing autographs, and they had just done a panel right before that. So all I really was able to say is, "Hey, I like I love your games," and he's like, "Thank you." That's pretty much the extent of it. But I got my uh, copy of Pitfall signed and uh, shit. Freeway. He also did Freeway for the twenty six hundred. So I got those two cartridges signed. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So but yeah, you... I, I mean, I got to meet some people. It's been cool. Have you seen Retronauts running around anywhere? No, I looked for him. Supposedly they had their own booth, but uh, I, w- I walked by the area a few times. They weren't there tonight. What kind of sucks is that, and I don't know if this, it was like this at MGC, but vendor tent closes. Not a vendor tent. I keep calling it a vendor tent. The vendor area closes at five. Yeah, I don't. Rem- I thought that. I don't know. I thought that it stayed open later than that, but I don't really remember because I felt yeah, like I feel like it stayed open later. I feel like you could you could have went and visited it until like seven or eight. Yeah, because I feel like we went there early, and then maybe we went back there again later, and then we went there again on thir- on Sunday. Because we went back there a few times, like back into the tent. Like we had to have gone in there at least like three times. We were there, but I feel like it probably went because I felt like everything ended around like nine or ten, something like that. Yeah, that's kind of the way it is here. Everything ends around ten, but the vendor tents are in at five. Which and tomorrow everything ends at five. So I mean, I'm almost done with it. But I also saw uh, the eight bit guy. I went to his panel for a little while. He was just talking about a game he's developing for the Commodore sixty four. He was describing how he's programming it. So that was. Very technical stuff that I wasn't really following. Who's the 8-Bit guy but again? He's on YouTube. He's just called the 8-Bit guy. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> just like, all right. He just, he just covers a lot of like, uh, well, it's 8-Bit, but he like mostly covers like Commodore 64 and that kind of era. Like the PC or, you know, the um, computer-based game consoles, like the old Atari stuff that had keyboards and stuff so, that were hooked up to the TV. So that's kind of his forte. And, he, and I was at his panel for a good 20 or 30 minutes, but I wasn't really following. You know, he's like, and this was the first time I used the if and coat, like subroutine, or you know, he was saying stuff like that, and I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're like, I, you're like, oh yeah, that. Like, sure. I mean, programmers in the audience, and like a bunch of people raise their hands. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, and the same thing happened. I uh, saw, um, and let me pull up this here. The first video game Easter egg, which for the longest time I would have just said was an adventure on the Atari, which is another, actually another game I bought while I was here. I bought it for like three bucks of cheap. Yeah. Oh, wow. But, uh, well, let me pull up the news here. I'm actually going to pull up the panel. You're the chasing the first arcade Easter egg. And the guy's name was Ron Milner. And, uh, the game was called Starship One. It came out in 1977, which is a full three years before Adventure came out. And oh, wow. The Easter, the, 
in case the listeners don't know, like uh, a lot of times the first Easter eggs regarding the game adventure, you could go to a certain screen and see the developer's name because Atari never gave credit to any of their developers in their games. So the developers decided they like start sneaking their names into the game somehow. Well, this guy had actually snuck in a code into this game, this arcade game where he could put in a code and his name would show up at the top of the high score list and he would get 16 free gameplay if he put in like this like series of button press. Oh, okay. So yeah, he put and it in. And it went unnoticed until, like, up until a few years ago, someone was dissecting the code and found it and uh, got a hold of him. And they actually had to, like, go back and look over all the code and have him, like, explain what he had done. But it turned out on this game, you had to have the, it had a, uh, one of those arcade joystick kind of things, like uh, space games used to have, kind of like the Star Wars game had. There's a bunch of those. Oh, okay. You had to have it cranked all the way to the right. And you had to have two buttons depressed on the joystick, on the, uh, what do they call that? There's a special name for the, I can't name it now. They call it something when it's got the big joystick on. But uh, yeah, two buttons pressed on that, and then you had to enter. You had to drop the coin in the coin slot, and as soon as the coin went through and was accepted, you let go of the button, and then you waited a second, and then you took the. Uh, you had to make sure the speed knob was set to max, and then pull it all the way to break. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a series of complicated things that no one figured out because. I wonder it took forty years. Geez. <laughs> yeah, but he but he said like he he took his friends to the state a state fair near him, like right after the game was released and, and showed them and they were all like, what the hell? Yeah, like and he it, could go anywhere in the country on this game and like it would say oh and the, it would said uh what did it say? It said hi Ron, H I R O N is what would show up. Mm-hmm. As it, so it was like the game was saying hi to him because it knew he put it in the code and then it would give him sixteen free plays. So that was kinda cool. There's actually there's supposedly a whole documentary written about it. Um it's like a whole movie and Ed Fries is the other guy who was part of that panel. And he used to be the head of game development at Microsoft up until the release of the original Xbox. Oh, okay. So that was pretty cool. And that guy, I was like, man, that guy's got to be rich. Like, he's from Microsoft. And he, re- he said he retired at 40. Nice. Yeah. So, Crazy. So that was their panel. And I thought that was a really cool panel because, like, you know, I always thought the first Easter egg was adventure. But I guess this kind of proves that you can even pull up the code. And they did that, which I didn't understand. But they pulled up the actual code on the screen showed where he put in the subroutines for the putting oh. in the... Yeah. Easter, so. So, so they got like that super cool. they got super technical with it then by showing like the actual code and all that. It's all been super technical like which has been cool but going a little bit up my head. I didn't yeah. get to see the Watch Out for Fireballs podcast tonight which I was hoping to catch. I met up with a friend and uh, didn't get back in time. What were they talking about? Cuz didn't they were they, were they at MGC? Yeah, they were. They talked about like pilot wings or something, right? Yeah, they did pilot wings. Oh, okay. And Retronauts hasn't talked yet or are they talking tomorrow? Retronauts is tomorrow at noon. Got it. And what are they That's doing? The, uh, tomorrow. They're doing Metal Gear Solid. Oh, okay. And they're yep. going to have one of the, uh, let me let me double check. It's, uh, but, oh, it's just Metal Gear. It doesn't say Metal Gear Solid. I was going to say, Metal Gear Solid sounds too new for them. <laughs> you know? I mean, I know it's an old game, but it just seems like. They're going to have of the, uh, they're going to have a former Konami employee, Ryan Payton, and then someone that knows a lot about Metal Gear named Jim Clip. Or James Clinton Howell. Yeah. And they're going to talk about, yeah, what behind the scenes, what made Metal Gear Solid, or Metal Gear, what it was. It doesn't say Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go check it out tomorrow. Uh, and then that, that dude that gave me the button, John Riggs, he's doing a panel tomorrow uh, where he's going to fix some games and hopefully make them work. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. He's going to like fix them live then on the panel, pretty much. Yeah. It's called the Game Resurrection oh, okay. panel. That's cool. I mean, I, I hope they... Do they have some way of, like, magnifying it where you can see what he's doing? Yeah. Yeah. 
I hope. Yeah, like sounds like that's just gonna get super technical again. Yeah. Well, I'd imagine him do it on like one of those like. Do you remember those like uh, things for school where you like put a piece of paper on a? It's like a flat. It has like a flat glass surface with like a light under it and has like a magnifying thing. Do you remember those? The overhead projector. In grade school, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like he'd like he'd he'd use some sort of thing like that that could like show the circuits and what he was doing and the whatever on the wall. Yeah, I think so. So far, I've got tomorrow. I want to go check out him and uh, Retronauts and Ben Heck, which was uh, the guy who did the <laughs> panel yeah. about the SNES Classic or the uh, sorry, the Sony the both, the, Nintendo the Nintendo PlayStation. PlayStation yeah, yeah, we talk- which I did see that that's here too, and it's like actually just kind of off on the sidelines. No one seems to care about it here. Nobody cares about the that's N- pretty N- sad. Nintendo PlayStation. Everybody yeah, that, that dude was totally just sitting there. That same guy that gave the panel at uh, MGC, he was just sitting there like reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and maybe Nintendo PlayStation. That's last year's news. Yeah, I was saying maybe it's been around. Well, it's actually like, isn't well, it like, man, isn't it like three years ago now or something? Or I feel like it was there the first time I went to to the MGC thing. I think it was discovered like two years ago, and yeah. then it took about a year to, uh, to fix it and get it working. I, I feel like last but, year was the year it got up and working. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was Ben who got it like all fixed up. Yeah, it was working this year, but I went last year also, and I don't think it was working. But it was there, so so it's been around for a couple of years. Well, like I said, the the uh, owner, that guy, I think his name's Perry, was just sitting there like reading a book. But there was a couple of people playing uh, Mario Kart on it, just like when we left. Yeah, MGP. he's letting people play it. Yeah, but it's just kind of a, a working prototype. Yeah, because sounds can, like uh, people are wanting the Nintendo PlayStation too. That's what they're waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, Fight night. I mean, you can basically play like any Famicom game on it, right? Pretty much, and then you can just put a CD in the CD player or in the CD side of it. I know he did something like that where he made like a '90s mix that he could listen to while he's playing another game. Yep. So it looks like they were just playing Super Famicom games on it. Didn't seem like anything too major. They didn't. I don't yeah. think they're doing a panel on it this year at all. But it's still cool. It's here, so I get to see it twice. That's about what? it. I mean, I've, I've bounced around. I've seen uh, the Darth Vader guy. Riding around on bagpipes. The Darth Riding Vader. around on unicycles, bagpipes, and a Darth Vader helmet. The Darth Vader guy. Is he a YouTube guy, too, or is he just a dude that dresses as Darth Vader? He's just a guy. Yeah. And he dresses as Darth Vader with a, uh, and he plays the bagpipes, and he rides on a unicycle. Okay. He just, of course. He just does it here, or he does it everywhere? <laughs> he just does it at, like, conventions and stuff. That's, like, his thing. But he actually has his own booth, and he kept switching outfits like he was wearing a an outfit that looked like a uh, yoshi was pedaling the unicycle and mario was riding it you know one of those outfits he's playing a uh, mario the mario theme like biking around is he like a big fan of uniracers or something i mean maybe i didn't really talk to him he went by me too quickly but uh there's a a dude dressed as chewbacca and he's like really tall so an actual really tall dude it, i doubt it's peter mayhew <laughs> yeah, I've seen people. It, I mean, does it look? Does it actually look like a like the Chewbacca suit? Because I've seen Chewbacca yeah. suits that people wear, but they never look like the one from the movie. Like the head always looks too big. Yeah, I snapped some photos. Like to me, it looked convincing, but I wasn't watching the mouth movement. Is it accurate or whatever? But he was making the sound and stuff, and it sounded accurate. Yeah, there's people dressed as uh, Princess Peach, and I've seen a bunch of the Mario hats with the eyes on them. Oh, okay, that's a pretty common costume here. Uh, Oh sure. People dressed as Harley Quinn for some reason everywhere. Well, you know, have you have you seen a lot of switches around? Have you seen people playing switches? No, I've seen 3DSs all over. The- what about the? Uh, let's talk about the. Uh, do they have like a museum where you can play like old games or anything like that? Or like, what is the arcade? Is there like an arcade area or pinball or anything like that? Like MGC? Yeah, they've got a whole arcade area and they've got a bunch of classic arcades and pinball machines. But 
not as many as, I mean, not even remotely as many as MGC. One thing that I thought you would think was kind of cool, Trey, is that they've got a whole, like, Star Wars, I don't know what they, exactly what they call it, but it's a whole section that's just a bunch of Star Wars games, and it's all the console Star Wars games, as far as I can tell. Like, oh, from, cool. From, like, the Atari ones up and up through, like, all the Rogue Squadron games and stuff. And all oh, the consoles set up on TV. That's a lot They're of kind them. kind of set up, like, uh, chronologically, where you can play each Wow, yeah, that's that's a good amount of games then. I mean, do they have like all the like the GameCube ones and the PlayStation ones and like all that, or does it just like? Tell, yeah, I even played a Battle for Indoor Indoor on the twenty six hundred. Oh wow, yeah, well that's cool. And I, then they've got uh, several copies of the Star Wars arcade, the vector based. Yeah, like four of those. Like the sit down one, one and the stand up one. Yeah, one of the sit down, and then there's like three stand up ones. Oh okay. And those always have. There's all like always someone on them, but I, I I managed to get on one of them today and play for for a little while on easy mode. I got through like four levels, and then I uh, I keep trying to get on the Nintendo versus cabinet for Super Mario Brothers, but that one I haven't been able to get on yet. Like there's all, there's always a line in that one. Did do they have like a thing a thing similar to MGC where there's like a museum where they have a bunch of games hooked up on monitors and all that? Yeah, yeah, but it's part of the show floor, so it's not like off on its own, kind of like. Yeah, I kind of like MGC where that was like its own room, but it's just part of the show floor, like just a bunch of like classic games. But it's not quite as prolific. And uh, I think I said I don't know if we recorded it, but yeah, there's there's a room where there's that uh, all the kiosks for all the consoles, starting probably at like NES up through like Dreamcast. Yeah, that's, even GameCube. Yeah, that's but cool. Those you... are not playable. They just had the games running in demo mode on them, and there's a thick like theater, whatever you call those things that block you from. Kidding. The rope, uh, the velvet rope. Yeah, you can't actually go up and touch them. Oh, oh, that sucks. I thought you could actually play them. That's oh. a shame. Did you get any pictures of those? I mean, you should if you haven't, because that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I took a picture of all uh, all the ones that I saw. There's a mostly complete Atari collection, and it's kind of displayed in a sort of like tall, transparent cabinet, almost like a I don't know a shelf at a library, but you can see through it. They've got them all displayed in chronological order. Somebody's bulk like Atari 2600 collection, which is kind of cool. And they even have all the dirty games. Like, they got a bunch of pictures, like, all the uh, X-rated games. Oh, yeah, like Custard's Last Stand and all that? Oh, yeah, I got a picture of that. Nice. But it's kind of funny, because right next to that, and I'll post the picture when I get a chance, but uh, right next to all the dirty games, there are all the double-sided games. But those weren't dirty games. They were called double-sided Double-sided games? Yeah, they're literally called double-sided games. Like you can, like you can flip them, or they have yeah. pictures on both sides, or what? No, I was saying, how, are they like, can you flip them? Like it's like their game on one side, and then you turn it upside down, and there's another game. Is that what that means? Yep, the that's literally what it was. It was like two cartridges that were attached at the top. Oh, okay. But I thought that was really funny that those were right next door to the, the dirty games. Yeah. <laughs> like you oh, can yeah. play well, them in any position. Well, you know, yeah. double-sided games, that's a pretty dirty, yeah. too. If you, wanna... you go both ways. Yeah. You know, ass to ass and all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. There you go. You're following me. <laughs> I had to quote the Requiem for a Dream one here. So you probably want to save all your purchases for the actual show, right? For when we do what we bought this week. Yeah, I just I mainly wanted to, like, kind of talk about who, like, what I'd seen today. And, like, I like I, I said, I know it was just a little small gesture, but that was so cool. And that oh, for sure. person just handed me a free thing as I walked up, like, before I even said hi. So. Cool. And uh, I had another vendor... Tell me he wanted to buy the shirt off my back. Oh. <laughs> so, there's two different vendors that were like really excited about my Star Fox shirt. Yeah, so, my my shirt. I, yeah. I, I made it and gave you one. No, <laughs> well, you made it. But, you know, I was wearing. Yeah, no, I'm glad they like it. That's cool. And I done paid for that shirt. I got your copy of Doom right here. Yeah, on <laughs> 32x <laughs> or free 32x box with it. Hilarious. So Jeremy, let's, let me ask you because you know 
you live in Illinois and uh, Portland is a far way away. So what was it about this show that made you go all the way across the country? Well, I, I was a huge fan of MGC. And uh, this is around the time Trey and I started like trying to do some gameplay videos. So I just started like do some more research on gameplay videos. And then I fell across all this whole, this whole Portland stuff, which, you know, they're all like highly viewed YouTube videos. And even some of those, like, some people would say these people have contributed to like artificially inflating the cost of uh, buying youth games. So there's like two sides of the coin, so to speak, of them. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard you talk about that, that the Metal Jesus has been accused of that, of making games worth more because they talk about them, which, you know, maybe that's oh, yeah. true. Talked about it on the panel a lot today, too. But even um, but that could be anything. I mean, a lot of people talk about old games, so that I don't think it's just directly them. They're not their titles and their intros and stuff. I mean, they do it very deliberately because analytically, like most people don't get past five seconds in a YouTube video if they don't like it. Yeah. So they sure. have to get people to watch for longer than five seconds to get any kind of ad revenue. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of those clickbait titles stuff and those intros come from. So they talked about that a little bit at the panel today. And I only really talked to, I talked to three of the, or no, I talked to two of the people from the panel and got pictures with them like on the show floor, but I didn't get a chance to talk to anybody else yet. And I saw one of them outside, but it was like raining and he looked kind of like he was trying to get the hell away from the convention center. And I didn't think he wanted to like talk to me in the rain. Oh yeah, sure. I just left him alone, but I was going to try to say hi to him. Uh, his name's Reggie. He's like a, more of a PlayStation collector, so I probably wouldn't have had much to talk to him about anything. Sure. I mean, well, you could talk about like Dark Cloud or something. Cool. So, yeah. It's been pretty cool. Like, I think my, I think for sure the highlight for me has been meeting David Crane, even though he wasn't really wanting to talk to me. You know, he could, like I said, you could tell he was just like exhausted from signing autographs and doing his he probably He probably does that every couple of months at different gaming conventions and by the end of each one, you know, like can't really blame him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's had enough, probably. But you know, he he was one of the founders of Activision, so that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. He developed Pitfall on his own and developed a lot of those old Atari games like Solo. So it's pretty impressive that he was doing that on the tech at the time, basically making indie games before indie games. Cool. But that was cool. That was the highlight for me. And then of course the I got a free piece of swag and just kind of been wandering around talking to people. Uh, everyone's super friendly here. It's really easy to talk to people. Yeah. Pretty easy to approach. Cool. Well, uh, you know, we we'll, we'll, can't wait to hear the rest of it, which if you're listening to the podcast will probably happen in like two seconds. But uh, yeah, we just wanted to do a quick update for this, for your, uh, for the Portland, and we'll hear the rest from Sunday, probably whenever we record, right? The rest of it, the episode? Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, one more day of event. All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll see you then, then. Or, well, we'll be back in a few seconds, I guess. Sure, a few seconds. <laughs> Oh, that was crazy, all that stuff that you said. I remember that stuff. <laughs> I bet you do. So, uh, that was yeah. some good stuff. Yeah. So, you know, Jeremy was at Portland, as he talked about. I vowed not to mention ago. anything again that I said there. <laughs> yeah, right. And, um, yeah, we're here to... We, there's a bunch of fucking news that happened this week. We're kind of be like... We're going to be like super uh, super loose, loose uh, leaf, freeform, whatever, on this. Roll your own. <laughs> yeah, roll your own. Um, but, yeah, a bunch of shit happened this week. Uh, there's some news... I know Jeremy bought a lot of stuff from the uh, thing. Why don't we just start off with that? Our normal uh, what you bought this week. Is that week. the news? I guess that's, I guess that's my news. Well, we could do the news later. 
Unless you want to do it now. Let's just start with what we bought. We normally start with what we bought. Yeah, I'll tell you shit I bought. Do you want me to go, uh, how many, who's, who bought the least amount of stuff this week? I bought the least at zero. Yeah, but you bought that headphone thing, right? Or have you not? I was going to buy some headphones. I have not bought them yet. Oh, okay. Yes. You you are still uh, losing in the race of buying things. I mean, it's not really, not really a race, but it's more like a great thing that we do. <laughs> well, I bought a. But I'll be I'll be I'll be winning in the realm of physical bought items on uh, Friday. Oh yeah, yeah. You still you haven't broken down to uh, getting it digitally tomorrow? No, it, I'm gonna it get being, the actual yeah, thing. It being the big Super Mario Odyssey game. Uh, Jeremy and get I, we both. Game. Well, this is something we both spent money on. Uh, we have both uh, preloaded the game on the Switch. I I didn't know that you could do that now, but I just went in and looked at it, and it was like, here, buy it. So I was like, boom. Paid for it already, so I'm pretty happy about that. It's already preloaded, so once 11 o'clock comes around tomorrow, I will be ready to jump right into uh, Super Mario Odyssey. And hopefully you guys will be listening to this as you're playing Super Mario Odyssey, because, you know, we post our podcast on on Friday morning, so... Yeah, ignore the audio <laughs> yeah, of the game and ig- just listen to us instead. Ignore that song that has been played too many times. The, yeah, uh, you've heard it before. You know, the Odyssey, yes, see, yes, see. Uh, Jeremy posted something about the Odyssey game system on I Facebook. Did. Yeah, that was funny. And you put a yeah, see, like yeah, see. Yeah. And I always thought the line was yesy, like Y-E-S-S-Y, which I thought was a really stupid line. And I think yeah, see is also a stupid line, but I think it's not as stupid. Slightly as, less stupid. As yes-y. Yes. It's slightly less stupid because it's like <laughs> Odyssey, you see? Yeah, because I thought before it was just like, we don't know how to rhyme anything from Odyssey, so we're going to say yes <laughs> That's what I thought when I first I mean, I think Wait. that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But it's like you didn't know what it was, but now you see. It's like yesy. Yesy's not a word. That's dumb. You don't know how to rhyme things. Yesy's just a colloquialism. Yeah, but yeah, it's a yesy. Though whatever, still still dumb lyric. But uh, yeah, we both got that bought and uh, preloaded. I got a I got a couple other games for the Switch. I got a I got Rogue Trooper Redux, which I did get that last week too. But I played it a bunch, so I can actually talk about it if you guys want to hear about it. I think it's pretty rad. I actually almost beat the game. I think I'm on the last level now, and the probably the most I've ever gotten watched on Twitch of a game was me playing that game so people really dug it they actually like commented on it and I actually talked to some people in the in the chat room and all that so it was pretty cool and they're like you know what's online like so I went and played online and stuff like that so it's cool it's a cool game it's based on a comic book that was drawn by Dave Gibbons who drew the Watchmen comic I'm sure you've heard of that comic before. They made a movie mm-hmm. of it. Like I said before it was on the 2000 AD comic uh the comic group and they do still accept submissions for stories and stuff like that which is pretty cool I, I wasn't sure about it last week but i looked it up and they still do but the story is about like these uh genetically made soldiers and uh basically they all have uh whenever they die you can like basically download their consciousness into a chip and you can put the chip into like a ro- into a machine or whatever and they can keep living in that way so like your main character basically has like he has like three like one of his friends is like in his gun and like the other one's in his helmet and the other one's like in his backpack so he so you have like three like you know, you have like this, the whatever, the consciousness of like your three friends who die in the game in your stuff. So like the gun is called Gunner and like the hat is called Helm and like your bag is called Bagman and you like talk to all of them, which is pretty funny. And there's a part where like the chip gets stolen from the gun and the guy like, you know, they're afraid he's going to die because if they destroy the chip, then he really dies. But it's it's interesting. He basically, like I said, it's drawn by the same guy who did The Watchmen. So like the characters basically kind of look like Dr. Manhattan's except with like 
army gear and guns and stuff like they're big giant blue guys and all that but it's a lot of fun like it's the thing is is like it, this this game does not exist on the switch in any way like there's no like third person story driven like sci-fi games you know that i know of and it's and it's a remake of a playstation 2 game and i had a lot of fun with it i've actually i've played i probably it's probably like a 10 hour game and i think i've played probably put like nine hours into it at least aside from online stuff which i did a little bit of the online it's not like deathmatch but it's like a assault type stuff where you like team up with another player against a computer and that type of stuff but it's to, it's totally fun i mean it was worth my 25 dollars of it like i had a i had a lot of fun with it it was a so good it's a thir- third person shooter is it like a duck and cover kind of yeah there's cover, game there's cover in it yeah but it's more um i don't know it, it seems like more story driven than like twitch based and all that i guess you could say but it's really pretty are there, what are there quick time events no, there are no quick time events at all. But what's what's cool is you uh you basically collect like salvage from all of the guys that you kill and you use that to create weapons or create ammo for yourself. So it kind of makes ammo like more important, I think. You don't cuz you don't actually like it make it makes it, you know, it could be less so you don't shoot as much. So it seems more technical, I guess. If you, if you understand that. So it's kind of cool in that way. Like, I thought that was interesting. An interesting way. So you, you make your own ammo? Yeah, you, you basically, you collect salvage from, like, the characters that you destroy, and you can also find extra stuff in the game. And you use the salvage to, cur- to create ammo for your guns. So you can create, like, one thing of ammo for whatever different gun you have. And you can choose which one you use. And you can also use some of it to upgrade your weapons as well. And that's what your bag dude does bag man does that for you so it's it's interesting like you don't actually collect ammo from the bad guys you collect stuff to make ammo for your own guns that's different it's, it's totally different yeah so i thought that was kind of cool it made a it made the ammo more important to me because i can't just keep shooting stuff because i don't have any salvage i can't make any more ammo then i'll like completely run out of ammo i mean you have a gun like you have a pistol that has unlimited ammo so you won't like completely run out of ammo but that's slow and it's not as powerful as like the regular gun so i feel that way about like the meals in breath of the wild rather oh, than sure. just finding hearts and it's like, oh, I'm so much more uh, involved in this health and, you know, take pride in what you made a little bit. So it's probably the same way with the yeah. ammo. Yeah. And until you, like, get a bunch of hardy durians and you just, like, make those all the yeah. time. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> that's what I ended up doing. Because, I mean, that's really all you need. It's just, like, you just need only, like, a couple of them and it'll, like, give you, like, all the hearts you need every time you eat it. Like, we'll fill your whole thing up. But, yeah, it was, it was a fun game. I had a lot of fun with it. Like I said... There's no games like that at all available for it, so it definitely filled a niche, and apparently people were interested in it because a lot of people that were watching my stream said that they wanted to get it and all that, so for the Switch, so I, they like the Switch version. So I got that, and I also got um, I also got that zombie, or zombie, I got that Mummy Demastered game, and weirdly and enough, like, Jeremy and I, we did a stream last night of Super Mario Galaxy 2, and uh, we went pretty late, <laughs> like 5 in the morning or so, and uh, I started playing Mummy Demastered, like, right after we were playing that, so I was, like, super tired, and I, like, put it, you know, I stuck it in that clamp thing that we all have, and I laid, right. and I laid down with the Joy-Cons and played it for a while, and I, like, fell asleep while I was playing it, but I, like, woke, <laughs> but I, like, woke up and played it some more, and, like, fell asleep <laughs> again. And, like, woke up and played it some more. So then when I, like, went back to play it, I have no idea how the fuck I got to where I'm at or what happened before that moment in the game. So it was kind of like... Because I remember playing the game and getting stuck at a part. Like, I got a part where there's like, a wall and I couldn't get past the wall. And in my mind, I never got past that. Like, I was like, I don't know how to get there. I was like, I should watch a video. And then I turned the game on him and in this whole other place and there's like a map now and it looks like Metroid and I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? And I'm like, oh shit, I must have like slept played or something. So, so like it's this kind whole... of appropriate that you played the mummy as sort of a <laughs> yeah, right. waking dead. Maybe yeah. you had a dream about it. I did have a dream about it.
about it, I think. But I don't remember which part was real or which part was actually in the game because I was so asleep and playing at the same time. I guess I could start from the beginning again, but it's kind of, I think it's funnier that I just don't remember how I got to where I got to in the game, you know? You got a new game plus. I'm like, I don't even remember how I got here. But it's uh, it's all right so far. You know, it's very Metvania, you know. There's a there's a map on there very much like Castlevania or Metroid. And, you you know, you've, I found, like, you're basically, you're like a, I guess you're a trooper or whatever. For I never saw the movie. I have no desire to. But you're like some trooper. Uh, Russell Crowe shows up and tells you, like, where to go and stuff in the game. He's kind of your navvy, I guess, sort of. He'll make markings on the map. I always think of Russell Crowe as my navvy. Yeah. <laughs> He'll show up and tell you where to go. But I found, right. like, you know, I've got, like, upgrades. I found some grenades. I found, like, a better gun. You know, you basically... It's kind of like Contra meets Metroid, you know, because you have the... You have to get things to unlock different parts of the map, but you're using a gun the whole time. But you can unlock better guns and, and other grenades and stuff. And I got and I got a energy pack as well. But the soundtrack's really good. It looks really good. And it plays really well. You know, it's way forward. Which are pretty, they have a pretty good uh, track record, even though I do think they made that Double Dragon game that you don't like. <laughs> or was it Neon that they did? I, or was it Five? I, I know they did one of them. Did they? Mm. Yeah, but they do But they do a lot of good shit. Like, they made Contra 4 for DS, which is a really good game. They, they did, did like, DuckTales Remastered. Yeah, they did DuckTales Remastered, which that one, people have different opinions on that. But they did, like, the Shantae games. Like, those games are really good. Like, they're, no, they're known for that. They did, like, Mighty Flip Champs and stuff like that. But they do a lot of uh, they 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 do a lot of like old school games, you know, or they do like remakes of stuff. So most of their stuff is pretty reliable, I think. So that's kind of why I was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll check it out. It like came out, you know, came out a few days before Mario, so it's kind of like I'm wondering if anybody will actually get it. But I did see some people in my friends list playing it. But yeah, I feel like everybody's crunching down. Once wants to get out right before, but there is still a ton of shit coming out on Thursday. But yeah, I think uh, I think that's it for me. It was just those two games plus Mario Galaxy. Well, and uh, I guess I sort of bought Doom because Jeremy picked it up for me. <laughs> Did you just get Doom? That's what I'm saying. I I, I sort of bought Doom because you bought it while I was at a uh, Portland or while you were at Portland. So it was you just got... one copy of Doom. No, I got two copies of Doom. <laughs> I got Doom for 32x. I got to get one of those one of these days. Yep, I got him. Uh... Picked him up. Doom 32X is a little uh, extra spice on top of that yeah. uh, Doom waffle. Yeah. Well, I mean, the 32X was kind of a running joke for Jeremy and I, because uh, I'm sure we mentioned this in our GameCube episode, but back in the day when we went searching for GameCubes, we thought it'd be funny to ask for other systems that they that we knew they wouldn't have. So it was kind of like a joke to be like, hey, you got any 32Xs? And that was like a joke we kept saying, like every store that we went to looking for the GameCube. And it kind of became a joke. And I bought Jeremy a, a 32X that didn't work later. Well, it was like a, it was like a really cheap one that I found at a comic store like didn't have the right connectors or whatever yeah i think it was just missing like a couple of parts yeah can needs, I, we it, didn't realize that it needs like this weird metal shit like to go in it to like go in. it's it's way more complicated than it should be i thought you could just like put it in there but yeah i did end up getting him a 32x of sort and it has like its own it needs its own power supply yeah it's it's weird like i I mean, I, I yeah. obviously when I got my when I got my Genesis earlier this year, I wanted to get all that other shit. I'm like, I want a CD, I want a 32x, but I haven't really looked into 32xs. But I know that Sega CDs are pretty expensive still. I couldn't really find and one. Each for of under those 100. needs their own power supply. So if you were yep. to get all three of them, 
You'd have you need to have like three a power, power supplies for one system. Yeah, it's like a guitar, my, like for your guitar pedals or something. Yeah, I need my own special Sega Genesis power strip, pretty much <laughs> for all the attachments to it. Just yeah, to play like maybe one or two. Yeah, well, I mean, there's only a few games that I want. Even like I want the Spider-Man game on Sega CD and like basically the Star Wars arcade game for 32x. <laughs> you know, but now I have Doom, so I can play that too. Yeah. But um, do you want to get into your uh, all your Portland shit that you got? I know there's a good amount. Yeah, there's a lot of shit. It's not all great. But I kind of went on a little bit of a buying spree towards the end because everybody lowered their prices. Yeah, the last day that people normally get stuff down. So, and you know, I I knew at that point like how much I space I had left over to carry stuff, so I was able to buy a lot more at once. But I just kind of went nuts. So the the thing, the main thing I wanted um, was a GameCube player or a Game Boy player for the GameCube. And I got that. Yeah. And I didn't get necessarily like a great deal on it, but it's right about what I would have paid online. I, I haven't seen it cheaper online. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So, I mean, it's like how I always feel about going to conventions like this is you basically have an idea in your mind of like how much you're willing to pay for something. At least that's how I go into it. I'm like, I want this, but I'll only play yep. this much for it. And that's, you know, if you find it for that, that's fine. And it's instant gratification too. You know, you don't have to worry about well, I had seen, I was there for a couple for hours and I had seen several, but most of them were, you had to buy it with the GameCubes. Like they were attached to the GameCubes and they were oh, selling yeah. like $130 for a GameCube with the Game Boy Player. That's okay. how they were trying yeah. to sell them. I see. That's a lot. And I'm like, I don't want to carry a fucking GameCube home. They're not that big. They got a handle, man. <laughs> Make it easier. Uh, I also don't need another GameCube. I already have one, which as an aside, it fell on my foot tonight and that fucking hurt. I don't know yeah. if you've ever dropped a GameCube on your foot, like the corner side down, but that really hurts. Oh, yeah, I bet. It fell off of like a desk because I like, tripped over the cord that was plugging it in. I was just setting it up to test out the Game Boy Player. Does it work Anyway, okay? it, it careened fine, so? onto my foot and smashed it, and it works fine. Yeah, the top of the the top of it, uh, there's like a little, where the logo is, there's like a little clear disc that covers that up. That popped off, but I was able to pop it back on. Oh, okay. The GameCube but survived. The, yeah, yeah. GameCube survived. My foot hurts a lot. Your foot did it's not. It's kind of swollen. <laughs> but the GameCube uh, is okay. The GameCube's okay, and the Game Boy Player works. I've tried a few games on it, and it works great. Oh, sure, yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome, It even awesome, like, right? works better than, well, definitely better than the Super Game Boy, but things have booted like right up on it. You know, I'm not having to like, mess around with the blowing in it and all that sh- shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all you really have to blow in is the uh, cartridge. It's the Game Boy. Yeah. It's not like double. But yeah, like you were saying, it's nice to not only know what you're willing to spend for something, but also just to like actually see the person you're buying it from, you know, and I don't know. There's that personal interaction where you're not you're like, I bet this works. This person looks nice. <laughs> it's always just better buying stuff in person like, a, like that, whether it's at a convention or a storage, yeah. then you have a story. Yeah. Versus you create exactly. you get a lot of that stuff on eBay, whatever. But you don't remember buying it from whoever on eBay, you know? That's true. The story I, do, is the hunt. I don't I don't really remember what the guy looked like, but he was a guy. Yeah. He was selling uh he had two of them. I was the first person to to buy one and it was like like I said, it was a couple hours after the show floor opened up. And uh, I actually was there early, a little early. They let you go in an hour early if you had the early pass that I had. Oh yeah, so yeah. That was the that was my VIP just that one ec- extra hour. And you're like, I'm gonna find the best Game Boy player they have. But by the time I actually like found it, you know, it had been open to the public for a while. But man, it was that first night. It was crowded. Like you couldn't. Not only could you not get into any of the games or the pinball machines really because they were like two or three deep lines for each thing. But yeah, it was uh, kind of like E3 sort of, right? It was just super crowded. Yeah. And you couldn't, but you couldn't even like look at shit like on the tables. Cause everybody like would see something on the table that they wanted to look at, you know? Yeah. But it'd be like all the way at the end. 
So they would get in line to get to that side of the table. So they would they would be standing in front of stuff they weren't even looking at that they didn't care about. Yeah, and you can't even look at it. Right. So like that happened with the Super Famicom games multiple times where like there's just people just standing there, like wanting to look at, I don't know, something further down the line that they were interested in. And uh I'm like, I just want to look at that stuff. And <laughs> it was tough. But that happened with the GameCubes, like I, or with the Game Boy players. I yeah. saw them. So I walked over towards them. I ended up having to wait. Like, it wasn't a long time, like 30 yeah. seconds, but it still felt like forever because a couple of people in front of me were like picking them up and looking at them, like, hmm, 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 what do these do? <laughs> what is this thing? Hmm, what does it do? Oh, what's that? You're like, it's not cool um, at all. You don't want one. <laughs> But I got up to the to the guy and he's like, "Hey, if you buy it, you're the first person, so you get the disc that has the manual." So yeah, that was. And I, and I may have mentioned that already, actually. Now that I think about it, oh, because I bought it the first day. But anyway, yeah, hopefully I, I had. You, yeah, maybe I, I just told the story twice. No, I don't think you talked about the stuff you got. But yeah, that's definitely a major thing. But I know you got a lot of really cool Super Famicom games. We actually tra- tested those out last night too. So. Yeah, so I'll get to those last. Okay. That's probably my favorite part, but sure. Um, I did get a Freeway and Pitfall, and I bought both those Atari Twenty Six Hundred games um, because I wanted David Crane to sign them. Well, I I did. I got them signed, so I've got uh, two signed David Crane games now. That's pretty sweet. Do I might have mentioned that already too. Do you have a functioning Atari? I do not. Is that another? I do. I do not, but it's on my list now. And uh, I was gonna say, is that another like uh, where you just uh, you're gonna fall into another hole of collecting things? <laughs> the problem with the Atari Atari is it's hard to hook up to it like a digital TV. I guess I could go through a VCR probably and get it through, get it to my oh, TV. Oh, because eventually. it's only because it's only coax. Yeah, but you can. I mean, well, it's not even coax. It's a uh, like pre coax. Oh, it's like, it like a, those two prongs. It's like metal yeah. prongs, right? Yeah, oh, they're like yeah. forks. Wow. Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah. you would put them under like the the screws, right? Like on the back of the TV. Yeah. I've got a ColecoVision and. I have an adapter from Radio Shack that goes from the, that the turns two it prongs into a, into a coax, right? coaxial, yeah. Yeah, we had those. So, but I guess the only thing that sucks is like you're like potentially degrading the signal through that adapter and then through whatever. But I guess that I guess my TV does have a coax, so it would only be one extra stage. Yeah, I could probably do an Atari on my TV. Yeah, I would have to get one of those adapters even for my like CRT because I don't have you know it would have to be a coax thing. So what else did you get aside from the David Crane signed games? Um, then I bought another Atari game. I bought Adventure. So, you know, you're right. I'm already kind of like <laughs> wanting to collect Atari games now. I think they look really cool. Falling into the rabbit hole. Well, they're actually not that expensive, though, I don't think, right? I no, wouldn't think they, they were, were cheap. I didn't spend more than, I think I might have paid $3 for Adventure. But I think Pitfall was 2 or 3 and Freeway was $1. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, ET for a buck fifty. Like, yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of like worn out looking, but I like that. I mean, it looks cool. You can still see all the like the artwork on it and everything. But anyway, I'll talk about a few cheap NES games I bought. I bought a uh, Abadox. Yeah, I kept seeing like Astanax, which is I think that's what it was, and I was like, I kept thinking that that was Abadox. Astanax. And eventually, uh, yeah, there's some. Uh, there's another game on the Nintendo called Astanax, and I oh, always get yeah, confused with Astanax. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I never played that. I played Abadox. I liked Abadox because it was all bloody. Shot like yeah, shot, yeah, yeah. shot like eyeballs and brains and stuff. Like I remember remember that being like like seeing it and playing it and being like, wow, this game's kind of gory because you're a cool game. Yeah. And uh, but it definitely put it into my head that I wanted to buy Abadox because I kept thinking I saw it, but it wasn't. Well, I can't even remember what Astanax is about. Do you remember, John? I don't remember specifically but I, uh, my friend used to have it 
Something about Greek mythology, maybe. I want to say it was like a shooter or something, like a, a shmup. I could be okay. completely wrong. Yeah, like a side-scrolling shooter. I think so. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing something on uh, Google about it. But yeah, not at all. The same. Well, side-scrolling, like walking shooter. So like something a little bit more like Contra, not like Abadox is straight up. You're flying in the air and you're a plane or a spaceship or whatever. You're something. You're inside of organic structures and you're like fighting body parts and stuff. It's great. Uh, I got Solstice, which is about uh, you're a wizard. It's pretty. Uh, I don't know if you got you can see that, guys. It's pretty. Uh, yeah, there's a wizard point. standing there. There's a moon behind him and some. It's like he's like your you know your prototypical muscular shirtless '80s wizard, but he still looks all old and stuff up top. He's got like a long white beard and everything, but he's like basically made out of the stuff that Mount Rushmore is made out of. But uh, rocks, <laughs> <laughs> just, or, just or, pure, just pure stone. Mountains. Uh, I got, yeah. I got Jeopardy. Yeah. So uh, all these games I'm mentioning here, I got for two dollars a piece. Nice. It's just NES regular games. Jeopardy, so, right? Because I know there's a Jeopardy? bunch of different. I know there's a bunch of different NES ones. There's like a kids edition, and there's like a sports edition too of Jeopardy. But this I'm is the curious, original. I'm curious though. Why, why Jeopardy? Does it have a special significance to you? It just seems Jeopardy's like kind awesome. of a vanilla game. I'm wondering. I used What's to play it all the time uh, as a kid, and then even when I had the emulators on my early computers, I would always play Jeopardy just because I was in Scholastic Bowl. It was my like my thing. I didn't play sports. I was in like the, on the Quiz Bowl team, and I watched Jeopardy all the time. So I just loved it from an early age, and it's just a cool little game. And like I said, it was two bucks, and all a lot of the games there were wrapped up in these nice like plastic sleeves, and they're really clean, and they look like they've been taken good care of. So it looked even more appealing that way. I'll, I'll package it up. I can understand I that. I had the Wheel of Fortune game, and I played that all the time. Jeopardy is yeah. not a vanilla game, by the way. Jeopardy is awesome. Yeah, it's more of a blueberry <laughs> okay. game. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like Jeopardy a lot. Like, didn't I'm sure I played Jeopardy with you at some point, John. Like, I've played, like, I played all the NES yeah. Jeopardies, like, on that Dreamcast disc that we had with all the NES right. ROMs on it. I have. Yeah, it's one of those. I have that Jeopardy for 64. Yep. I have Jeopardy for PlayStation 2. I have Jeopardy for Wii U, even. I think we I have played a, it on N64. Yeah, I think I have a Super Nintendo one. I, I I love the Jeopardy games on video game systems. I think they're awesome. They're very fun, like, party games that you can play with your friends. Like, we still break out the Wii U one every once in a while and play that, which is actually just a re... It's just like a reselling of the Wii version, but still, it's fun. My last NES game I got was a Bandai game, you know, because a little nod of Dino Wars there. Challenge Pebble Beach Golf. Yeah, you uh, you're big into the golf games now. I guess now I'm just on a temporary golf game kick. I, I'll get over it, but I still haven't even booted up the other golf game, the original one that I got for the NES. But I'm gonna give this one a try. I've never played it. See what it's like. G-A-L-F. It's from 1988. But that was all my NES games. So moving on, well, I'm sure I got it was still a couple heavily of... inspired by the original. What's that? No, I said I'm sure that one was still heavily inspired by the other one that you have, the golf, the regular golf game. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, they're probably all. I mean, everything's inspired by that. They're pretty much still are. the whatever major. So I bought you... a couple of original Famicom games. I had I didn't have any of these yet. One of them's actually not for me, but I'll still talk about it. Uh, I bought Super Mario Brothers, the original Super Mario Brothers on Famicom. But that one's not for it's you? Like, no, this one's for me. Oh, okay. So it looks really cool. It's yellow. It's got the alternate artwork on it. Bowser's like a gray rhinoceros looking beast thing. Yeah, it looks More really, than... really cool. It it kind of reminded me of the Super Mario Land cover. Yeah. No, I can picture it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, it, it's very cool. Yeah. Mario's in the middle and everything else is around him. Jeremy, do you have a Famicom? No, I don't. So I just bought this because I wanted it because I've never seen it out in about before. Yeah. And it's a color. And I, it's and a color I didn't cartridge see any too. more of them while I was there. It's a yellow cartridge. 
So it makes it very cool to display whether you have a Famicom or not. But it would be cool to have a Famicom disc system at some point. I I don't think they run cheap, though. I will. They had some there. They were like, I could have got one for 40 or 50 bucks. They weren't that expensive. Yeah. For the whole systems. But um, they even had them hooked up to TVs. But I'm still not sure. Like, I thought that they they like outputted their video signal differently. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really... If there's either PAL or NTSC. So I'm not sure if you need to have a special adapter to change the refresh or... I don't know exactly what oh, that yeah. shit works it might, Yeah, it might be a weird... You might need a, a weird plug, too. There to are, like, the... other solutions. You know, you can get a Famiclone that would play it, or you could get a... Uh, some. There's adapters you can get for the NES. Did we ever... I guess we uh, did. We ever talk about that new Super Nintendo HDMI thing, the HD, the Super NT? No, I don't think so. Okay, that thing looks really cool. It's basically yeah. like the the speaking of like connectors and stuff. It's like the sequel to the AVS, which is one I always wanted, and it's only like a hundred bucks, I guess. Or no, it's two hundred, right? It's like one ninety, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's really cool, like a you know HD Super Nintendo, and it's definitely there's no emulation whatsoever. They basically it is based off of a. Uh, it's like basically like a Super Nintendo hardware. But outputs in HD. The supposed you just to like plug no, the games in, and yeah, and the supposed there there's like no lag either, and you, and it comes with a with an eight bit Doe controller as well, wireless one, so super fucking cool. And apparently there's different colors and stuff. I just wanted to mention now before I forget. Uh, continue on. Yeah, they had they had a bunch of the uh, those AVSs hooked up on the show floor. Most of the anybody that had like a a game, you know. A game they were making themselves had it playing through one of those. Oh, for sure. It looks cooler, and they could put it on the big screen or whatever. Did they have? Um, a- I got one. I got one more Famicom game. This is for my brother. It's Mappy Land, made Ma- by Namco. <laughs> Mappy Land. Another really cool looking cartridge. It's like got a label on the top that's got little sprites on it from the game. It looks really cool. I mean, I almost want to keep it, but my brother bought this game with his birthday money. I remember when he was seven or eight. He was pretty young. And uh, he really liked it. He played it all the time. Of course, it was the one for the NES, not for Famicom. How much was it when he bought when he bought it with his birthday money? I think it was like ten bucks. Oh, okay. I was like, it, it, this isn't like a sixty dollar game or something because that's like no, that was damn, pretty much man. the uh, be all your price. Money. I think at the local pawn shop is like between five and ten bucks for the game, and we'd get like ten dollar bill for our birthday most of the time, and that was like the perfect amount to go pick up a the cheap Nintendo game. or Super Nintendo game. Yeah. Sure. I think I bought a. I think I bought Metroid originally as like a ten dollars game from Toys R Us, like the first the NES Metroid. Because I was bought like on a, sale. the first Zelda with my birthday money for ten bucks. Yeah, I think it was a similar. I don't know if it was birthday money, but it was like money that I had, and I found Metroid for cheap, and that's why I got it because it was like on you know it was in their discount bin or whatever the NES one. I always went down to the video store at the end of the street. It was not a blockbuster; it was just a, like a local video store. And uh, end of the month, every month or two, they would always just have. A handful of games for five bucks. So I go clean up twenty five bucks, five games. Got a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. You can clean house. I would always buy games from uh, closing rental places too, because they'd always be like five dollars or less. Like that's, I mean, that's how I got my Earthbound game. Was it a closing rental place that I think I bought for three bucks, maybe? But what else do you got? Well, moving on to the Super Famicom games, I got six of those. Once again, I don't think I paid more than three or four bucks each for these. So all my cartridges, I got super cheap, really. For sure. I'm pretty proud of that. The bulk of my money on the Game Boy Player and, well, one other thing. But uh, I got this uh, Super Tecmo Bowl. Nice. Tecmo, te- Tecmo Super Bowl, actually. Uh, I don't know... Did we try to boot this up at your house? We did. We booted it up, and it isn't all in English, from what we saw. We did not find that's any right. Japanese on You're it. Right. But so I it's could... <laughs> all in English, so that's cool. Um, I don't. I didn't own this game yet. I don't think it's like anything rare or expensive, even on the U.S. Super Nintendo. But it was 
uh, I believe it was, a, it was one or two dollars. It was one of the games I bought at the very end. And I'm going here from like, you know, least interesting to most interesting on the uh, Super Famicom games because I do think I didn't it was, pay much for these. I do think it was pretty funny. Like when we were trying to play uh, Super the Super Tecmo Bowl last night, whatever I picked, it ended up just showing all of the players and then the credits. So uh, we never. Oh, right. Remember we that? I was how to get to the actual game. Yeah, I was trying to like and this is all in English. It wasn't in Japanese. I was trying to just like do a quick game and I went to whatever I thought was a quick game and it basically showed all of the players and showed sprites of all of them and Jeremy was like well maybe they're just trying to just show everything off and then it just goes to credits and I'm like okay and then, <laughs> and then we turned it off so yeah it's weird it's a really weird thing now I'm remembering yeah booting these up because the other the next one I got was PGA Tour Golf yeah no I, I played that game like my dad had that game and I played it in his van the van that had the two Super Nintendos he totally had that PGA uh, Tour Golf game because we played some of it it had like some mode 7 stuff it was pretty impressive yeah. for the 90s i guess and i think it's all in english once again yeah because it would do like a flyover of every course whenever you started it and you know like as when you'd line up it kind of moved the ground around under you and all that it looked pretty rad but yeah no that's yeah i think that's all in yeah like you're saying it's all, all in english when i but. bought when i bought this game i think i was also i think i bought the pebble beach golf game at the same time and there was a guy that was standing there and he's like hmm you really like golf games huh it was another guy that was looking at the stuff on the table he's like i should get you my number i got a whole stack at home here i'll go talk to my wife i'll get my card for you and i was like and you took off i just didn't (laughs) i just didn't even respond i was like "Uh." well i didn't know what to say i was just kind of like i don't like golf games like i don't want to clean you out of your golf games man yeah you were like "Uh." i don't <laughs> I don't want to have a whole. I don't want to have a golf bag full of golf games that I have to take home. Yeah, he's like, uh, you're like, uh, you know, I'm gonna stand over here real quick. Uh. And he just walk away from it. Yeah, I just threw my money at the person behind the booth and just like zipped out of there. Yeah, you're like, I don't, uh, I don't want to buy golf games from this guy. I mean, he was he was being friendly and nice, and maybe he like maybe he wanted to trade. You know, maybe he had like thoughts of having a trading because like a lot of people there do try to like trade. Like, there's a lot of people trading at the yeah. booths and with each other and stuff. Oh, yeah. I just didn't really do that, but. Uh, I got Street Fighter Two Turbo. That's a guy who's having a hard time getting rid of his golf games, though. Yeah, maybe his wife's like threatening to leave him if he doesn't get rid of the golf games. She's like, you, you got. She's like, you got to get rid of these golf games. I mean, maybe she. She's like, it's me. I need you to get rid of these golf games, and I need you to help me meet new people. And he's like, hmm, two birds with one stone. Let me go. Let me go get my wife's phone number for you. <laughs> Would you like to date my wife and take my golf games, please? <laughs> his wife is complaining that he's spending too much time on the virtual course. That's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I got Street Fighter Two Turbo. Uh, well, that'll be saw, fun. I, I don't have any of those games on the uh, Super Nintendo. If she saw how great the Mode Seven looked on PJ Tour, she would understand. Like how uh, she would, but I don't <laughs> think how much time he spent on the virtual something tells tour. me maybe she likes tennis games better. If you know what I mean. But uh, Street totally. Fighter Two Turbo, that'll be fun, and uh, whatever. It's a it's a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, Street, that I don't Street, have. Yeah, Street Fighter Two Turbo is great. It's a. Uh, you don't need to know any best. Japanese to play that game. No, you don't at all. Um, you can. Uh, I think all of the options are in English on there for the most part. Even though I, th- I think the endings are in Japanese, but it's fine. But you know what they are. You've you've seen them. I've seen them. I'll pull up a Google Translate because I want to get the full cinematic experience. Um, I got Pilot Wings, which we did play. We did load this up, and everything's in Japanese, so it, it is a little tough to navigate. But I can probably get used to it. Yeah, but you know how to play. The, you know how to play the game. I've played it before. You know, in you, fact, I, I'm not 100 percent sure I don't own this on on SNES, but I don't think I do. I think I have it on 64, but I don't have it for the 
Super Nintendo. Yeah. It's a re- that's a cool game to have. Like I said, all the stuff that you got. I mean, well, maybe not so much the golf game, but <laughs> I, I liked a, a lot of the Famicom stuff that you got. The Super Famicom stuff. I was like, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I picked through pretty good. So here's moving on. These last two are definitely my favorite. I got a Super Donkey Kong Two, as they call it. Donkey we Kong call Country it Donkey Two. Kong yeah. Country two. Yeah. Yeah, the best. They call it Super Donkey Kong. Yeah, in Japan yeah. it was called Super Donkey Kong. I never knew that. All of them were, yeah. And all the uh, all the course names are in are in Japanese. I know that. Like yep. when you because we because we played a, but it has all of them have all the saves on them. It looks like so the batteries are good, which is good. Yeah, so I was able to go to the different levels and I learned a little Japanese. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't learn any Japanese at all. Well, you, but learned, I knew the levels yeah. already. You learned Japanese for uh, Gangplank Galleon. I can say them, Gangplank right? Galleon, and <laughs> yeah. well, I can well I can point at it on the Donkey Kong map. Yeah, maybe that's what that's what's that one. Or uh, so this yeah, last one was kind of ones. a goof, but I'm I'm happy it's what I ended up getting because I didn't see any more copies of this. I didn't, you know what? I didn't see any more copies of Donkey Kong Two or the original Mario. I've never, yeah, I've never, I, I kept my eyes peeled because I wanted to make sure I didn't pay too much. I think those all got snatched up, so I'm lucky I got those. But this last one I actually thought was Super Mario World, which it's not. It's Super Mario All Stars, and which is I'm a dummy super because awesome, Super though. Mario World has the exact same cover. But yeah, this is better. This is better than Super Mario. Well, super Mario World has Mario on it on Yoshi, and this one just has Mario on it with the peace sign. But that is awesome. I mean, I think that's awesome just to have that because I mean, I don't think that game's really cheap. The Super Mario All Stars oh. cartridge, and uh, what I was gonna say earlier, like I have never seen Super Donkey Kong anywhere, and I haven't seen Mario All Stars anywhere either on Super and Super Famicom, like at a convention. So those oh, are all the great, Super Donkey Kongs are, are there. Games. I just bought the two. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I saw I saw the other ones multiple places. They were actually I wouldn't say they were common, but they were most places that had Famicom games, Super Famicom games had them. But you know what? I remember now. So the guy that I bought a couple of these Famicom games, Super Famicoms, was like. His whole sales pitch was, I got to write a paper. I uh, rented this booth before I realized that I was going to have to do my uh, turn in my paper this week and I have to go do it. And he was just making a big deal about it. Like, just let me cut you a deal. Just show me what you want and I'll come up with the price here. How about you give me a price? You know, he's being real like salesman about it. So I ended up buying like three or four games from just that guy for like. I want to say $15. Was he trying to like get out of there? Was that like his thing? He, like, it seemed like that, but he was still there the next day, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll just tell him that I got a paper to write, and they'll just buy all my games. <laughs> That's my idea for this. But I got that, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about all these Super Famicom games. I mean, maybe not the golf one, like you said, but... Or the the football one because I actually have to figure out how to start playing. Them. Well, I mean, there's there were only like what like six different things to pick. You just got to go down the line and figure out one that works. You know, it, it, I have a I have Tecmo Bowl three or Tecmo Super Bowl three on Super Nintendo, and it took me forever to get to a game on that. And this one looks like less complicated, so that's good because I always like Tecmo Bowl for its simplicity. That's why I love the original one because I like football, but I don't really know how to play football games. So I like when you only have four moves total for your for your team makes it a lot easier and, and when it's just like pass or tackle it's like all you have for the buttons makes it easier from what i know of tech mobile that seems like why it's pretty popular still today oh, everybody saying, that's has why all the yeah. maddens with all the different options and stuff 
That's why it's well, my they favorite. Threw, like, they threw a Tecmo Bowl yep. on the uh, NES Classic just because it was so prolific. I was glad that it. they did. And I was upset that it didn't get a sequel in uh, Super Nintendo Classic. Same there was no other. And also, that's also another reason why I like NFL Blitz. It's a super simple football game. But yeah, the last thing I bought was uh, not a... Well, it's a video game, but it's a uh, Arduino-based handheld called the Ardu Boy. And it's something that was like on Kickstarter a few years ago... You know, somebody basically came up with this kit that was like not just it's kind of like the Raspberry Pi in the sense, you know, that it's for fun, but it's also to like supposedly help people learn how to program. And, you know, because it's so simple and uh, it works with whatever a lot of people are programming these Arduino things to do other stuff already. So it uses the same like programming language and the same it can even use the same like programs on the computer to interface. So whatever I ended up uh buying this and uh, i got this for cheap i got this for 40 dollars, which you know you see what it is it seems kind of basic but it's it's a lot of fun to play around with and uh it's definitely a novelty in its own right it's got a really really small but like super sharp green and black display so it looks like an old game boy like it really does it like looks like it's about the size of a credit card is that right yeah i was gonna say is it, it the size of a playing is. card or credit card or something i think that's even like one of the selling points like you can quote unquote put it in your wallet which i'm not gonna do but it's pretty sturdy it's put together pretty like solidly but i ended up getting a floor model because they had all the ones out that they were allowing people to play and uh I just had to go back there at the very end of the day on the last day of the convention and kind of stand there and wait for about 10 minutes for uh, the guy to show up because he wasn't at the booth anymore, the guy that had said they were going to be cheaper. So, you know, I had to kind of like play the waiting game, but uh, I got it for 40 instead of 50 and um, they were completely out of, you know, the rest of the models. That's all they had left. So I bought I bought it and uh, it came preloaded with a, a jetpack game, which is like the rare, the old like uh, the rare, uh, the rare company. Game, uh-huh. Not that it's like the rare game, yeah. Right. No, it's a yeah. I, I saw a little. You showed me a little bit of it. It's. I thought it was interesting that you can only have one game at the, on at the time, but you like you plug it into your computer and then you can like just put whatever on there, and you can like program your own shit too. So it's yeah, like, it's fun. And I uh, the guy who was uh, at the booth, I ended up finding out was the guy who created the thing originally. So he was the one at the booth selling them, and he wanted to keep one for himself. So. I think this might have been one of the earlier production models or whatever. You know, they just went from the dev kits to the actual production model somewhat recently. Yeah. And you bought a and you bought like the floor one, right? Because they were selling them for cheaper on the second day. Yes. So it was preloaded with a game called, uh, well, yeah, the Jetpack game. But there was there was a bunch of other games there that I would have rather had than that one. So once I got home today, actually, it was, I just got home from uh, Chicago via Portland. But um yeah, you left I, like 12 got, hours ago. <laughs> I got on my computer and like started messing around with it. And it, it truly is like the community is a super like fun. It's like the website for it's really fun. Like just learning how to use the website to browse it is like a little game that they have you play where they teach you like some like coding a little bit like text coding to how your uh, your posts will show up. So that was kind of cool. You know, it was kind of like sneaking in a little bit of programming tips just in like the tutorial for the website. But I ended up downloading like this program and like, it's not that hard. It's a lot like I said, it's like the Pi, but even more user friendly because it's all set up to where you can basically plug and play. You just have to know which files to put into what folders. You have to manually do that still. So I messed around with that for a little bit and I ended up I ended up finding all the games that I played at the show, on the show floor. You know, they were all free. And then I even found this program. There was one program that I found that has like 15 or 20 games on it that it just uploads them for you. You don't have to mess with anything. You just plug it in, choose the game, hit upload, and it changes it. You know, So that's pretty cool, too. So I've played probably about 25 games on it, and 
they're very much like early arcade games. That's kind of what we're looking at graphic-wise and gameplay-wise here. But people are getting experimental. Like someone's working on an RPG for it right now, and they've got a whole Kickstarter campaign going. And like you have to pay, but it'll be free eventually because all the software has to be free. Oh sure. So the game the game will be free when it's do- they're done developing it. But the Kickstarter campaign is like you know to help it get really sooner and also like if you donate a certain amount you get a uh you know the actual game uh, console with the game on it for sure so it's pretty cool that's cool it's a cool little thing and I've, I've been playing with it for a few hours just today and having a lot of fun with it i found out how to put a calculator on it and you can do like a stopwatch and an alarm clock and uh there's like a really mild like minor word processor you can put on it or like you can do like a sketch pad where you can draw with the control pad so people have gotten creative and done a lot of different things with it so i look forward to to whatever else comes out it's an active community yeah, it's pretty much a, it's kind of the same as like your whatever you had uh, before. What's it called? The eight foot boy or something? What's the thing on the NES that you got where you can play your keyboard through it? Oh yeah, as far as being like a yeah, it's like the Chip Maestro. It's like Chip a Maestro, weird yeah. post consumer product or whatever. That's I don't know. It's a novelty in some regards, but it could have some real practical use in the right hands. My hands, it's more of a novelty at this point. For sure. But I like it, and I won't... Yeah, I'm not going to run across something like that out in the wild again until I'm at another game show. For sure. It's cool, though. It's a pretty cool novelty, too. You know, you can keep it with you, and you're at the bar, and, hey, look at this thing I got. Conversation starter. Yeah, I I tried playing it on the plane for a little bit, but I couldn't figure out how to turn the sound off. I was afraid I was going to annoy people with the bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, and I'm sure it doesn't have a headphone jack or anything like that on it. A lot of uh, the games that I was looking at today were ports of like old like i guess like zx spectrum games or whatever like really old computer games and then there is like even a couple of ports of like games people have made for the ti graphing calculators so we're looking at some really rudimentary stuff here but um, some of the games like with the with moving sprites like they still run at 60 frames per second it's crazy oh that's cool because it refer the refresh rate is really really high and like it's so sharp like that little tiny screen even though it's monochromatic still really really like good and has a lot of little pixels on it for sure cool so i think that's everything i bought man i bought a lot of shit like yeah he did probably remember more later but i think that's everything for the time being it's like a 30 minute segment about i bought donuts i bought yeah i bought things that weren't video gamey also you did i don't need to talk about do you want to take a break and then uh do the just run through the news really quick and yeah and do our try and then do our topic yeah okay cool some news that happened this week there's always news happening in the week but uh first off a uh, cool thing for some people uh target has their buy two get one free sale this weekend again and switch is not being included again this is like their second buy two get one free since the switch came out and it says no switch games 
which is a shame. But if you want to get some Switch Wii, is too hot. If you want to get some they Wii U they games, make money. if you want to get some Wii U games or 3DS games, you can get those, which is pretty rad. I know Jeremy was talking about getting a couple, maybe. Or getting like a what was it like Yoshi Splatoon and and uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions? Yeah, those are the games that if I wanted to get Wii U games, still that would be the three for sure. I might look at the 3DS games and see what they got. It, it just sucks that you can't do Switch games. I understand. I still want even... uh, Dragon Quest Eight. Like I'm still look, looking to buy that if I find it live in the wild. Yeah, I I see it in the wild all the time up here. But maybe they just there's more. DQ fans here or something. I don't know. I see seven and eight most of the time. Yeah, we just have one Dairy Queen. <laughs> but uh yeah, so that so that's coming up, so that's pretty cool. I mean it's it's I don't know why they keep cutting switch out, but yeah, maybe it's just too hot. It hasn't been out a year or whatever. I'm sure they have their rules. It's too hot for their target for their target sales. But you know, if you're sad about that, you can download Sonic Forces through the Japanese site. You can get the Sonic Forces demo, which I did play it today, and I and it's really easy to play through really quickly because you only get to play the game for 30 seconds. It pretty much stops after 30 seconds. So, But I thought it was okay. I mean, it felt like most 3D Sonic games, you know, and there were some 2D parts too, I guess. I kind of wish they would have just let you play the whole damn level instead of just cutting it off after 30 seconds. That's an insanely kinda... short period of time. Yeah, it's like, game. it's like, hey, you liked it, right? And was like, well, I don't know. There's like two different levels. I only played one, but I guess WarioWare the games are like five seconds. So yeah, but Sonic's uh, <laughs> normally longer than that. But it looks okay, you know. It's uh, there's another like Sonic song in there, so that's always good, you know. Like another one of those. Thank uh, God. Oh, that's cool. Super badly uh, lyric songs from Sonic, and it's supposed to come out like next month, right? In November. It's right around the corner. I um, think so so it's got kind of like a the whole visual of of that game got kind of like a communist vibe to it i didn't really feel what's the song i'm really interested to hear this song now it's not like uh it's it's not like the german german marching band or something like that oh man it's uh (laughs) it's it sounds like regular sonic fair and i didn't really i didn't really get any sort of uh communist vibe from playing the demo like everything looked like super sunshiny and green and trees and all that like it normally does there was no like you know grays and tanks and stuff like that that i saw but i did see the uh you know the create your own avatar the guy with like glasses was in there so whatever their like generic template of create your own avatar was in the was in the music video at the end of it so you can see that while you're you're, uh, looking at it um there's a supposedly there's supposed to be a new shipment of uh super nintendo classics showing up this friday right yes so the article that i read on polygon said at toys r us going to be at Toys R Us. Now, I'm assuming that it's also going to be available at other stores because they're getting all the shipments for Super Mario Galaxy. Sure. I'm going to guess they packaged the SNES Classics in there, too. Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> I know. I keep I'm saying keep the different... mistake. Yeah. I, I keep, I keep calling it Mario Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, I, I have. I call it Sunshine or Galaxy. I think I even called it Galaxy today at work. I was like, oh, yeah, Galaxy. I mean, Odyssey. And those end with E. Galaxy. Yes, C. So you could do Galaxy, the same thing for that. Yes, C. Yeah. So, uh, are you guys planning on looking for more then on on Friday? Yes, I'm going to go look for one more. Uh, my brother-in-law needs one. Yeah. So yeah. if I see one, I'm going to buy it for him. I no. Thought... <laughs> no. No more SNES classics for me. No more. Yeah. I need more. I need more. I thought. About... I don't know. Maybe one more. I thought about getting a second one to hack and put more stuff in. I mean, yeah. or getting a second one to give to a friend to hack or something. Because I hear you can do that. <laughs> but, I don't need any more. But uh, I got two. But yeah, my uh, well, I don't know. I don't think I'll actually go though. I'll probably just stay at home and play Super Mario Odyssey. But those are that is coming out. Um, there was a there was like a really short 
stream from Atlas like Monday morning. I mean, I'm sure you guys didn't see that, but Shin Megami Tensei Five is officially coming to Switch, so that's pretty cool. If you're any of any any of those games, like the, the only really thing I've played of Shin Megami Tensei is Persona and Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but they basically made there was four was a big deal that was on the DS. But I think it might have been a remake of this PlayStation 2 one. Anyway, they don't come out that often. And making an actual 5 on the Switch, I think, is a big deal for uh, those type of games. Because they make, like, one of them, and then they make a bunch of spinoffs of the one. So, like, there's a bunch of different games based around Shin Megami Tensei 4. So, and I've never really played any of those games, but I've always kind of wanted to. And I think I'm just going to wait and just get the Switch one. So, pretty psyched about that. They're basically, like, turn-based Japanese RPGs. They pretty much always take place in, in uh, Tokyo, and it's, like, the end of the world. So, so, like, it's, like, Neo-Tokyo and everything's, like, half-destroyed and all that. So, it's pretty cool. I mean, there's, like, a new trailer of it. It's all in Japanese, but it does show some cool stuff and it looks all right. So, I think that's pretty rad. I mean, I'm into those games, so that'll be my first Shin Megami Tensei. There's also a new 3DS that has a Super Nintendo, uh, has Super Nintendo buttons on the top of it. I think it looks kind of dumb. I mean, what do you guys think? I didn't get a good look at it. Um, I, I thought it looks pretty good, but is it stickers or is it actually, I don't know, to say made into the system or whatever you know like you remember how they put out the one game boy and people were kind of disappointed it was a like actually a sticker of an nes design or maybe it was a ds or something i don't know yeah i think it was a ds did you have that one right jeremy game boy one yeah i do yeah is it a sticker yeah there was there was like the sp that was i think that was real well made system but then i think a ds was put out and it was just a sticker on it yeah the sp is definitely not just a sticker i got it right here oh yeah it looks like a sticker, though. The, I mean, the bottom does. I guess uh, we can compare it to a normal one. Yeah, it's like a, it's some kind of like thick matte decal, but it's held in place for 15 years and hasn't come off, or whatever, 14 years that I've had it. It's not peeling on the edges or anything. The top part's definitely like painted on the yeah. lines. Yeah, I think that one design-wise looks better though than the uh, Super Nintendo one. It just looks kind of like they didn't put a whole lot of love in it. It's basically like a picture of the top of a Super Nintendo just stuck on a DS, an open DS, you know. And then you have the different color buttons under there. It's just not really wowing me or anything like that. Yeah, I don't care about it. I mean, it, if I didn't have one, maybe. I mean, but who doesn't but, have but a I have DS two. by now? I know they're really they love re-releasing new designs, but I'm not gonna. I don't need one. I, my 3DS is fine. Maybe it's just a lazy attempt to trick people who think they're getting a SNES Classic yeah. and make them spend more. Oh, yeah, and it comes with a Mario Kart preloaded, so I guess you get that. You get Super Mario Kart on there, the first pixel perfect whatever. Oh, right, thing. right. Yeah, so that's on there. Um, I guess biggest news of the week when I say for last is uh, there was an Animal Crossing Direct last night, I think, right? Yeah. Was it, was it last night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't even know it was about like, it. It was like last yesterday afternoon at like three or four. Yeah, I didn't even know about it. Like, Jess told me about it. She's like, did you see the Direct? I'm like, what Direct? Like the Animal Crossing one. I'm like, oh. So like uh, when Jeremy came back, it's like a 15 minute thing. We watched it. We have a reaction on YouTube. You can find it there of us saying shit about it. You don't get to see our faces, but we talk about it. It's but we're made- talking mad shit. Yeah, it looks like a, I mean, it looks like a smaller version of Animal Crossing, but you know, this one takes place in a campground. You, uh, I think it looks like it's going to be free to play. Like they didn't really mention anything about a price tag, but apparently it's out already in Australia because those guys just get everything before us. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> it's supposed to come out here at the end of November. Yeah, the end of November Late is November. what I saw. Yeah. So, but uh, I guess uh, I was mentioning to Jess and I was like, hey, do you want to play it? And she's like, uh, said it made, made her kind of miss the regular Animal Crossing, but she's like, I don't want to have to fucking pay Tom Nook again. I'm like, well, I don't know if you have to this time. 
I don't know if he's loaning you shit or not. I guess you do get loans, but I don't think he's going to loan you a house. But it looks like you can actually like craft stuff in this for the first time, which that was not in any of the other Animal Crossings. You can basically trade a bunch of shit for wood and cotton or whatever and make your own couches, which is pretty much, they still look like the couches that were already in the game, but now you can make them from shit. So Now you make them whatever. from cotton. Yeah, and I think you can like design people's rooms, like kind of, which is kind of like the Happy Home Designer, and uh, you can get you know people to hang out. But it looks like you can actually like walk around and stuff, which you can never really do that in Happy Home Designer. And of course, there's stuff where you know you get like leaf papers or something like that that you use to buy stuff, and you can buy one buy ones with real money and all that shit. But it looks like yeah, it looks like a toned down version of Animal Crossing. But uh, weirdly enough, like they said, I remember they said before that it was going to interact with some sort of other Animal Crossing, like New Leaf or a new Animal Crossing, and they kind of just like completely skipped over that like did not mention that it would be interactive with any of the animal crossings that are already out so i thought that was kind of weird maybe that means that there's a switch one on the horizon that, that they just want to wait to show but there's some cool uh there's some cool stuff in there like you can use a net to catch fish like i like that you can make like bug traps and stuff like that maybe that's like the evolution of the new animal crossing now is that you can just catch shit easier i guess like that like so. you can farm stuff essentially yeah sort of you can have things going automatically when you're not like engaging with them. Yeah, most you- of Animal Crossing has always been like a direct everything you do. Like I guess other than investing in bells. Yeah. But usually you have to actually earn every single thing like by physically interacting with the environment. Yeah, you can still collect stuff. I guess, and sell it for bells or whatever. But there is like a mining area, which they showed where you can uh, break rocks with your shovel and get different sorts of quartz and diamonds or whatever, which totally reminded me of Stardew Valley, (laughs) you know, but maybe they're trying to go more that route, I guess. I mean, they all kind of like intertwine because Stardew Valley is also like heavily influenced by Animal Crossing, I think, like in the relationship way, except you can't get furniture, but should be able to from your neighbors but yeah it's it was a 15 minute thing it was super quick but yeah they're still still rocking that mobile stuff even though they have a like the highest selling system right now so i suppose i'm interested in uh animal crossing on mobile i think of all their properties animal crossing is the one most suited yeah, it definitely to fits. work on cell phones. Yeah, I, I think see so what they too. really do with this. Yeah, and they did say that they were going to have one come out this year. So I mean, they still they're totally doing it. It's going to be almost towards the end of the year, but they did hold to their promise of an Animal Crossing game. So on the friend on mobile, codes. So. Yeah, there was there were some friend codes in there too, which is strange. But hopefully, you'll be able to interact with like if you have friends through Super Mario Run or Miitomo, I'm sure you'll be able to pull them in like you can on the Switch. So then, is I mean, this the last of the mobile games that have been? discussed openly i think I thought, so i thought they said there was a zelda one also they were going to do which that they did say happened. zelda one right yeah but i don't know if that was supposed to come out this year or next year or maybe they did push it i don't know zelda's one that i don't really think is fitting for mobile but who knows they might maybe it's just like maybe it's just like a tingles uh, tetris game or something like that <laughs> i'm hoping that they do something more along the lines of pokemon go that encourages people to actually get out and have an adventure in the real world that would be mm-hmm. exciting to me and ask you to go out and catch macabolins or something or bacoblins or whatever you have to go and, like you have to bomb holes in walls and go in caves yeah right go to random places and just cook yeah go into people's houses and break all their pottery <laughs> yeah and look, exactly. and look for rupees yeah that could be interesting if they did some sort of like ingress whatever walk around shit where you can find Ganon or whatever. As long as the overworld theme plays through your headphones the whole time, then yeah. it'll feel like Zelda. They'll like they'll make like Ganon the president, and whoever like goes and takes him out first like wins the game. Oh, uh, yeah. They could do that, right? <laughs> sure. I'm kidding, sort of. Anyway, um, that's uh, I think that's been the news for the day, right? Or for this week? Uh, Harvest Moon, the new Harvest Moon. I read something about that today. 
What what that there is because do we care do we care about Harvest Moon because of Stardew Valley not as much but I mean I think there was already one that came out though there was a story of seasons like just came out like last week I think well this one's called Light of Hope it's coming out on PC on November fourteenth but oh no I didn't see anything about that they pushed them back it looks like they pushed most of them back to two thousand. 18 for the other ports for the console ports but it's the i guess it's harvest moon's 20th year anniversary i didn't know it came out that late in super nintendo life 97 oh yeah no i, yeah, I didn't know when it came out on super, super nintendo like i said i didn't oh, get wow. into it till 64 which i think was like 99 probably when i played that so i that thought was, it was an earlier game so yeah it's uh getting to its 20 year anniversary so go harvest moon i mean I think everybody's who played Harvest Moon is probably playing Stardew Valley, but you never know. Maybe they can find a way to outdo that game in some way. Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah, cool. we'll go off the farm and get married. Yeah. But damn time. Which and uh, if you want to do a quick Stardew Valley update, I did get married. I do have a child in that game now. Oh wow, that was quick. I have a. Uh, I I brew beer in my basement. I make cheese. I make some preserves out of my berries, and got ducks and chickens and cows and sheep. And, can you make Buckets your pigs? Can you make your children pull your crops for you and water your shit? I hope so, because <laughs> that's uh, the whole reason to have them, right? So far, I can't figure out how to get my kid to like me, like you know, to make it have the hearts. <laughs> oh, really? Like my, my my wife stayed on full like hearts like the whole time since we've been married, except for one time I gave her a sprinkler on accident as a gift, <laughs> and she wasn't into it. She was like, "I don't really like this," and then like I I lost two hearts. Oh. But I got him back up because I gave her some flowers. Yeah. But uh, I can't figure out how to get the kid to like me. Like, my kid hates me right now. <laughs> it's like the cat, right? It's a just, weird just, concept for just, a game. Just feed it. Your kid hates you. I, he, I've only got like one you. star for my kid. And so I was like, what do I got to do? So I went up to the crib while the kid's laying in it. And you can, like, pick the kid up and throw him up in the air. Yeah. You know, and they'll have a little heart. And I'm like, does that does that build up? Do they like me more now? But it doesn't. <laughs> you got to throw your kid enough to make. Them so I went I went in there one time just when it was like at night when the kid was in bed. It was the kid was sleeping. I'm like, I wonder if you can pick up the kid and throw him like while they're sleeping. And you totally can. Oh, nice. Does <laughs> you he can wake pick up? up the kid while they're sleeping and you start throwing them up in the air. And they just like keep, like laying there all swaddled up. And then the, the little heart still comes out of their head afterwards. They're happy you interacted with them. Well, there you go. But it but it doesn't go up on the meter, so my kid still hates me. I tried to give her some cheese, some milk. She wouldn't accept it. Oh, well. I don't know what to do there. Well, uh, next week, I'm sure, hopefully your kid doesn't hate you anymore. My wife helps me uh, water the crops. Yeah. And then she'll, like, she's, she fixes all the fences, so I don't ever have to repair the fences, and she uh, gives the cat water, which I didn't realize you had to do until... She told me she was giving the cat water. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, uh, you should, like, give the kid water. Like, that's how I got the cat to like me is I just gave it water. <laughs> I didn't know you had to give the cat water until after I got married. Oh, yeah, you do the same thing. Well, once again, you do the same thing in Harvest Moon with your dog. You take any sort of food and you place it into his dish and it automatically becomes dog food. Oh. But, yeah. Basically, everything in Stardew Valley I learned from Harvest Moon before. That's how I figured out how to play that game. Sounds like a book title. Yeah, yeah. Everything I need to know <laughs> I learned from Harvest Moon about Stardew Valley. Anyway, let's take a break and do do a very quick uh, Super Mario Galaxy thing. Let's do it.
galaxy. Let's all just the- talk about all the galaxies of the world. So sure. uh, Mario Odyssey comes out tomorrow, Friday, today. In if you're listening to this, um, it'll be out already. Yeah, we'll be. We've been talking about Mario all week, all month, whatever. This is our Super Mario Galaxy one, which we're gonna. You know, we're just gonna kind of like just talk about the game and ourselves. I wish we could have more time to spend on this one because it's probably my favorite out of all of them. I mean, well, I love Super Mario 64 because of nostalgia and playing it the most, I guess. But Galaxy is really one of my favorites. I like a lot more than Sunshine or or 3 3D World or any of those other ones. So. Oh hell yeah, it's way better. Yeah. In my opinion, too. Yeah. And it's, uh, I feel like it, like we were just playing it last night on the stream. And if it, like, I have it for Wii U, well, I have, I, we were playing two. We were playing Mario Galaxy 2. But I have it for Wii U, and it looks gorgeous. Like, it upscales it, you know, it still looks super pretty. Like, I don't feel like it's aged badly in any way. It's super bright. Like, everything looks super smooth on it and all that. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. Like, even with the waggle and all that, you know, they really minimize the waggle in that game. That's what I like. But they're kind of doing like what they're doing with the hat now, you know, they just like go crazy with the Mario suits, you know, like Bee Mario and Ghost Mario, and then later Cloud Mario and Rock Mario and brought back Fire Mario and Ice Mario and all that. So it's cool. What was, uh, I mean, how did you guys, you guys all got Galaxy, right? In, in some way? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I got it for Christmas that year. And you know, I went home and, I, you know, you ask for something enough, you know you're going to get it from your parents, right? And I see the game wrapped up. I'm like, oh, that's Super Mario Galaxy. It's Super Mario Galaxy. It's underneath the tree. I want to play it. You know, keep in mind, I'm 25 at the time. <laughs> and you, you know? got a... And but you still, got, I'm just that excited about it. I was going to say, you got to imagine, um, imagine Party Babies instead. And you're like, what? No. <laughs> no, I opened it up and I got Super Paper Mario instead. So, oh. Oh, wow. Oh. Well, like, were, I mean, yeah, it's not a bad misstep, but it's not the one that I wanted. Yeah, you know? I like that game. I know so, Jeremy didn't like it as much, but I liked it when it came out. Well, I had to do the thing when I opened the gift where it's not what I wanted, but I still have to smile anyway. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, it's great. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, shortly afterward, I said, you know, uh, actually, uh, and then I went and exchanged it. Yeah. Actually, I wanted that other one. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that gift's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Whatever. But that Failed one, me uh, again, Santa. Yeah, that one came out. I mean, Super Paper Mario was a really early release for the Wii. Like, I remember that's why I liked it so much, because that's probably all I had to play. So it had probably been out for a while before Galaxy right. came around. It was like the previous holiday. Yeah, but uh, you know, it was just a Galaxy was the gravity was a big thing that I made me super into it. Like you were saying earlier, like you rotate around the planets. You can, like, long jump and float for however long. That was a lot of fun to play around with that and see, oh, can I make it to the other planet just by jumping? And sometimes you could, sometimes you couldn't. Yeah. Or, like, some of the planes were, it was like a flat plane. You could run and then jump all the way around to the other side. It was just, uh, it all felt so fine-tuned. Controls were perfect in that game. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely seemed very polished, which we talked, we were pretty hard on, sunshine last week but that game definitely did not feel polished and i guess yeah uh, uh, galaxy did for sure and it, it basically uh, galaxy looked so good that it i felt like it was kind of being like because you know the wii was getting a lot of shit for not being hd but it was like hey look at this game this game is super pretty you know and it's does and, it matter yeah yeah and they were trying to be like well look at all this this art style that we can do and and we can make everything look like this game looks great like it it can kind of stand toe to toe with the other games you know is what they're trying to do i think and the koopas look normal in that like we were talking about the weird-looking Koopas from Sunshine. They look so much like 3D Koopas when you run into them. They're not all weird-looking and all that shit. Yeah, they're like the real deal. 
And the space, the whole space idea with Mario just seemed, I don't know, it seemed like it fit, I guess, you know, like, where is he going to go now? Like to space and like just shooting from like one star to another and all that. It just, it didn't feel like it didn't belong. You know, it felt like a natural progression of the Mario series, I guess. And it was kind of like, where would you go? I mean, it's like, you know, it's like that part that you get, get to in like the horror movie series where it's like, where's next? Oh, space. Yeah. And that's. So don't forget Mario had been to space before. Yeah, well, he was in space in Super Paper Mario as well, I think. But he was in space in. Are you talking Super about Mario Land. Super Mario Land Super Two? Mario yeah. Land Two. Yeah, that has a really cool moon theme on it. You, if you listen to my space WRT radio, it's in that. But uh, yeah, that yeah, had a, had a great theme. But yeah, no, he had been to space before, but he never really like flew around with stars and star bits and all that. And we get into this. Uh, we get into like Rosalina and all that, and she's like a she's a descendant of Peach, right? Is that correct? Like, I never really fully read through all of that storybook part of the first one. I don't remember. Uh, I heard that it turned out that she was uh, Peach's daughter from the future, like from a different... So so Bowser's her dad? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, she is pretty tall. Like, she is way taller than Peach, so maybe. And she breathes fire. Don't forget about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's got some wicked spikes on her back that you can't see in her dress. But, uh, yeah, the Galaxy 1, like, had the beginning of, like, star bits and all that, and he had that little... He had the little star beat that that lived under his hat, you know, which made his... Mm. Yep. Hair, head feel warm. I was, uh, when we were doing the stream the other night, That's I was like... That's how he was blessed with nipples, was from the star. <laughs> yeah. We, he we wished were, for nipples, and he got them. When we were trying to do the stream the other night, I was like, maybe this is the precursor to where Cappy came from. Maybe, like, that star sprite, like, stayed in his hat for so long that it became its own being. Like, that's they could they could go that way from it if they wanted to. Mario continuity. That's all how, right, finally. Yeah, that's how the hat became uh, sentient and all that, was because uh, the, that the star was The mushroom historian. Yeah, yeah, the Mario Historia, which I hope they do at some point. I want to know how he ended up in China in uh, Mario Land One. I really want to know, uh, but but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to. It's like what is what can what all can we say about this game? Like, uh, I mean, we could say what it's you know it wasn't Super Mario Sunshine. Like, you don't have to fight Bowser in a tub and all that in the end. Even though that part you could kind of say got a little bit repetitive. Like, you kind of I felt like you paid played Bowser in the same way every time you fought him, but yeah. he was. Uh, a little bit. It kind of escalated. Especially in the second one. Well, in the second one, he got really big, and, he, you know, you would be on a planet, and he would punch the planet, and you could, like, butt-stomp stuff at him, which is pretty cool. But uh, the first well, one, I felt like the overworld got a little too complicated for me, for my taste. I liked it. So I didn't – so I, I kind of wasn't that upset that it was taken away in the second one, and I feel like – what we're getting, what we're going to get in Odyssey is pretty much the progression of that. You know, you'll, you'll be in a face ship, like I said earlier, is my nickname, except this time you'll be in a hat ship, but it's still pretty much the same thing, you know, and I'm sure you'll be able to walk around on the ship like you would, like you can in Galaxy 2. Like, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing. I want the hat ship at some point to go to outer space to go to the, I'm the sure actual, it will. The face ship and land on top of it. Well, I want the hat ship to go to Isle Delfino, is what I want it to do. That's another thing about... Well, well, Super Mario Galaxy 2 goes back to Mario 64. Like, you play the second level of Mario 64 in Galaxy 2. Those are my favorite levels. Yeah, it was called Throwback Galaxy. You know, and you go to that level with the Womp and all that, and you go through, you know... And it has the old music, but it's, like, orchestrated now. That's another thing. Like, the music was, like, orchestrated and awesome. Especially when the you get to, like... music was great. Yeah, when you get to, to the Bowser level, and it sounds like Star Trek, almost. Like, the original Star Trek theme, where it's like... Ah, da, 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 you know, like, it has people mm-hmm. singing and all that. It was great. But, yeah, it's like... So the song, it goes... I had that as my alarm for the longest time, so I'd wake up every morning to that song. It was great. I felt great every day. To the Galaxy song? 
ready to seize the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was. <laughs> yeah, and it was really cool. Like I liked that song a lot. And like they fixed the swimming. Like any of the swimming levels, you uh, you could just hold A, and the you know the the feet will just flop on their own. It, it basically went back to the control of Super Mario sixty four instead of Sunshine. Sure. And let's talk a little bit about the controls. I remember at the time people were still saying, "Oh, you know, Waggle was a fad and whatever." And I thought this game really proved that the Wii Remote could be used in very creative ways. Oh, sure. Like, there were the parts where you could jump on top of the ball and you had to hold the Wii Remote like a like a joystick. Oh, yeah. And, and the... Uh, and tilt to, to control that. I thought that was perfect. And the bird. And I loved how the music would go along and kind of go faster the more he was rolling and slow down when he slowed down. I liked the ones where he was riding down, um, like, the river on the Mantis and how you had yeah. to hold the Wii Remote flat and tilt it left and right. worked really well. I really love um, those Manta levels. The, yeah. I love the... Uh, how the water was just floating freely, but it was still like a ribbon of water that you were oh, traveling yeah. on. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. A, it was like a ribbon of water in the space. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I, f- I forgot about that. It was pretty cool. Like it had like it was almost like an F Zero track, but oh yeah, yeah, racing mantas. Like that, yeah, for sure. And it felt it felt kind of loose, like appropriately, as you're yeah. you're you know riding this animal and whatever on on water so if you turn a little bit too much left you're going to veer a little bit far off and maybe almost fall off the water right but it never felt like the game was poorly controlled your your mistakes were your own right yeah yeah sure you were to blame for your own fuck-ups. Yeah, it wasn't yep. like you didn't feel like it was cheap or any some like you wouldn't die for. And uh, yeah, speaking of dying, like we were talking about this in the stream, but the black holes, like the black holes, kind of ex- explained like why you died when you fell down, you know, because it would suck you into, you know, because there'd be a lot of levels that like where the black hole was in the middle of it, and that was where the gravity was, and when you fell down, you were right, right, right. In there. So it made sense, like for as to why as to why you got killed, you could fall off. Some planets, and you just get sucked to another planet. But if there was a black hole nearby, you would get sucked to a black hole. Yeah, and explained why you died and why you didn't just like float in the, you know, in the night. Maybe Mario fell off the Earth because he's a flat earther, and he walked to the edge. And uh, <laughs> Mario was he landed on the, Mario was he landed on the mushroom kingdom because of the gravity of that caught him on the way down. Yeah, I was like, don't you call Mario a flat earther? He is not. He is not that. He knows. He knows the roundness in uh, Super Mario Galaxy. He sure does. Knows, knows about how things are round. Well, some of them aren't round. Some of them are flat. Yeah. So we're all right. <laughs> yes, we're all right. No tease in there. We played a little bit um, of the uh, side-scrolling sections of the Mario Galaxy 2. So they, yeah. it had, like, sections where it would go to just straight-up side-scrolling, where you were like, you know, the gravity was up and down. Yeah, and it, would, it have, would keep switching yeah, right. based on the arrows on the wall. Yeah, it'd have the arrows that, to those, tell you. I thought that was pretty cool. Those levels are awesome. Well, in the spin, there was, like, the spin drill thing. That was new to Mario Galaxy 2, but that was really cool, too, where you shook the remote to make it cut through the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah, all of that- I liked the stars the blue stars where you had to point the remote at the TV and you could pull Mario from star to star. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the little, like, uh, bubble type thing. Where mm-hmm. He was, like, in a bubble and he would go to another thing. Did you, uh, you got Mario 2, right? Mario Galaxy 2, either of you? I did, yes. Did you yeah. get did you get all the stars in it? I didn't get all the green stars. I got all the normal stars. Oh, okay. Because I got all the way to the very end because there's 120 yellow stars and there's 120 green stars. And if you get all of those, if you get to 240, you get this like crazy like final galaxy and you have to go through it you can go through it like the first way like regular where there's like checkpoints and stuff and then you have to go through it as a perfect run like you cannot get hit like once whatsoever 
and there's no checkpoints. And I could never beat that final star. But I got 241 stars. That's Mario Galaxy 2. And I love it so much. Do you know so what happens when you get that last star? No. What, do you lose your hat? <laughs> Are you telling me that you know? Or no, you know I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You unlock Waluigi as a playable character. Yeah, no. <laughs> never beat it. Yeah, no, I just, I never, I can never do it because it's so fucking hard, but it has that thing in there where you like grab the, where you point to the blue orbs and there's Yoshi stuff in there. Yoshi was in the second one, but it's so fucking hard and you don't, and it's perfect run. Like you have to, you cannot get hit at all. You only have one hit point and there's no checkpoints and it's a pretty long level. Like, uh, and I got pretty far. I think I got like almost 80% through it, but then like you'd fuck up and you're dead and then you start over again. It's pretty hard. Like if you, if you have time, anybody who's listening to this after you're done listening to us, get on YouTube and look up that final, like it's perfect hard. run that I you have to do. I tried playing it a couple of times last night and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. We tried it a little bit, but we didn't even get past the first like Yoshi part and nope. there's probably like 10 or there's probably like at least like 10 parts to it and it's dumb and i remember sitting down and just really trying to do it and i was just like i cannot do this and i just eventually gave up but and i remember Gal- galaxy one you like you like get 120 with mario and then you can go back as yoshi or not yoshi go back as luigi and get all of them right because yeah. you unlock him after you beat the game i loved that i appreciate that luigi was back in a mainline 3d yeah super mario game well, there were like Luigi stars in the second one as well, I think, because you would where you would just like find particular stuff to use with him. Like he didn't have the whole game with him, but you can do there's like certain parts that are about him. What I thought was really funny in that first Super Mario Galaxy is like when you're playing as Luigi, you'll mm-hmm. you'll still get you'll still get letters addressed to Mario, but they give you the uh, one ups. Do you remember that? <laughs> what an insult! Because yeah. there's like you would talk to that star bit that would be like, oh, uh, Peach sent this letter, and it says like, and they'd be like, oh. It's to Mario. Well, here's the one-ups anyway. It's like kind of like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really not to you, but here, take these lives. Uh, I'm sorry. She'll never love you. <laughs> it was like so. They kept that whole like, oh, Luigi, he can never, he'll never get a break. That type of thing. I hope he's in Odyssey. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, very nervous. I I'm very like, nervous because we've not seen anything about Luigi in Odyssey. I feel like they haven't really shown a whole lot, though. I feel like they're keeping a lot of stuff under wraps, and that's good. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want. I don't what if know. there's a whole like Luigi like world That'd yeah be great. there could be i mean who knows there were like all those uh it was like the genie level in the aladdin game but with luigi yeah well I was luigi gonna, all over the place yes i was gonna say I that appreciate had, that very much they had all those hidden 8-bit luigis in uh super mario or in a uh, 3d world so they might have them in here as well and i think they had them in the in the mario in the mario brothers u also the new super mario brothers u so so Luigi's been kind of been talked about for a while, so I'm sure he'll be in there, be in there in some way. I what hope about so. what about the uh, what about the bosses? Let's talk about those because they had some really really cool ones in there. Like the uh, there's the big like snake dragon thing that kind of looks like Pete's dragon, and it's like animated really oh, right. well. I think it, looked, it was the first one, the first big boss you fought, right? Oh, he yeah, was, where he had like the little n- nodes on him you had to attack. Yeah, he was like a dragon. He was like a dragon worm, and he had like these little these like ball things like on him that you had to break. But yeah, he looked. I loved his animation. Looked really cool. And he'd like do the he'd do like the steam out of his nose. He'd be like whenever he got mad, you know. And they would all kind of oh, get yeah, mad like the farther you got in it. There's some really good. Uh, there's some really good like a uh, fur mechanics in that too. Like I remember the mole looked the fur looked really good, and you could climb the queen bee that you climbed on was like so super yeah. furry oh, yeah. and huge. That She'd be like time, that yeah. tickles. Yeah, in that very first one, and then there's. Uh, PD Piranha's whatever nephew, his clone, whatever. Yeah, because there's the one in there's the one that's still in the egg, and then there's the one that has like the dinosaur tail almost thing that you uh, smack back at him. But it's just there are all these like really cool creative boss battles that you could do. You know that I was really 
really liked. Oh, and you remember the ghost one where you would like grab the ghost and swing them around and throw them at it? I like love that part. Do you remember? Do you remember the ghost? I remember levels? that one? No. No. You would like, um, you know, you would swing the Wiimote and he would grab one. And he started swinging them around like they were socks, you know, like socks that had change in them like that. Mm-hmm. And then you would swing it again to throw it at him. Super duper cool. You did get to be a ghost in these games. There was a ghost costume. All right. Yeah, you became Ghost Mario also. Ghost crazy. Boo, Boo Mario. So you, you'll get to be Boo Mario again in Odyssey as far as I can tell. Well, yeah, you just got to possess one. I don't know if, if I've seen Boo in any of the promotional material, but I'm sure Boo's in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, no, he will be. I, I think, I mean... Boo's in everything. Yeah. It's uh, Mario 3. It was that rock. It was that rock dude is what it was. Like the big, do you remember the big rock guy that yeah. you fought in the ghost level? Thar- Thardis? No, that was Metroid Prime. Yeah, I know. But yeah, yeah, fuck you, Thardis. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing this game like uh, my friend that I lived with had a Wii and he rented it. And it was like right at the beginning of when Blockbuster started doing the thing where like, it was towards the end of Blockbuster. Yeah. They started doing the thing where you would just rent the game and then... You can keep it as long as you wanted, and then if you didn't return it in 30 days, They'll they charge, charge you, you yeah. the full price of the game. So my roommate ended up just like doing that, and like you know, he ended up paying probably ten dollars more than just buying the game outright. But he rented it like day one, and it just stayed at the house, and so we took turns playing it. And uh, I do remember one time I was playing it, and uh, one of my other roommates came in and was like, "Hey, Jared, do you want to eat this mushroom?" And he just gave me like a little bit of mushrooms. It wasn't like a lot. But it was like a little bit, and I had never done them before. I don't know. We usually don't talk about drugs on here. I'm sorry, but you can edit it out if you don't like it. But uh, this game was freaking crazy on that, like the the bright colors and like the gravity effects and like like I remember even just looking at like the grass, like in it like swaying in the wind on one level, like just oh yeah being blown away even more than I already was. But oh even like know, it didn't yeah. it didn't need to be HD. Like it was so vibrant and beautiful and just I've never I've never seen a Mario game quite that way since. Yeah, even watching well even watching like Mario like walk upside down on a planet and all that like kind of broke your mind or broke my mind. By the way, yeah. I, f- I found the, uh, the what I was talking about is you there's the big stone guy, he's in the ghost level. He kind of looks like uh, he has like big yellow eyes. And there were these black ghosts that you grab by their tongues and you swing them around your head and you throw them at him. I found a, That's right. I found a video of it, but it is a it is a real thing. You do totally take ghosts and throw them at him. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And like you you destroy the rocks as you go and this like black smoke comes out and once you destroy these. But that was in Mario Galaxy 1 and I really, really liked it a lot. They brought back their ghost levels to uh, being like scary and non hotelly you know like uh sunshine <laughs> so wasn't there something with the yoshis and uh galaxy 2 to where like the yellow the yellow look yoshi would light up and i remember like vaguely walking through the dark and uh like certain platforms would be illuminated am i making this up no you're not no, so like sounds, uh sounds, the actual yeah, no, light of yeah. whatever you were carrying lit, lit up the solid part of the ground and then anything the light wasn't touching was a pit right yeah something like that and it was like a scary level i think it was like a boo level wasn't it yeah they did that in galaxy one also but without yoshi where just like mm-hmm. parts of the floor it would change like whatever was lit mm-hmm. you could stand on but whatever wasn't was a pit they did a similar thing which is cool but i think yeah i think they did one do one with yoshi in that for sure so i, I can remember uh before galaxy one came out all we really saw or all i really saw of the game was the space stuff and so i was thinking okay so is every level gonna be about space is this gonna get old is the motif gonna get repetitive and i was pleasantly surprised to see that when they said super mario galaxy what they meant was there was all these different kinds of galaxies oh yeah and that you know one would be like 
you know, the, the ghost house galaxy. And another would be, uh, in case of galaxy two, there was the throwback galaxy. And so I felt that calling it super Mario galaxy and, uh, saying that basically there's all these different themes to these different worlds really opened up the creativity. Um, oh, yeah. that's to me, what made it such a creative Mario game is that, you know, we took it to outer space and we could just go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you should have expected that that's that it wouldn't just be one thing. You know, they would take it and they would still incorporate all these other creative things into it just because that's how they make Mario games. And right, right, right. And it was just cool because it kind of like it was like any it's like we can do anything. We can make a whole level based around like cakes or something, which I think they do. Or like one about like wood and there's like sawing and all that, you know, like they could just go crazy with it or do the one with the ball and you can have like holes in there. You can make like a fucking golf course or whatever, you know, they did. There's enough good ideas in that game in both of those games yeah. sometimes a new mechanic pops up and it's used for one galaxy or maybe two and then it's really never never heard yeah, from you again. Don't see it again yeah. and that's okay because the next idea is at least as good yeah at least or, at least as good or better for sure and it, also if you don't really like something you can kind of tell yourself eh. like you were talking earlier about the part where you tilt like sure i liked that okay but i didn't really want to be holding my we mode like a joystick for a bunch of different levels. Yeah, you don't, you don't have so to do it that much. It was much. nice to know, like, you know, well, this isn't like a permanent mechanic. This is just contextual to this level. Yeah. So, yeah, you could just, uh, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, well, I'll just do this for this little part, but I don't have to do it for the whole thing. So, and that's cool. It's like, if you don't like this, then the next part you'll probably like. So, uh, so yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about it? I mean, we're getting like super long on this one kind of got to re- reel it in here and you know call it an episode but did we mention how like if you did i'm if you already mentioned this i'm sorry but it is kind of strange it was a direct sequel like galaxy 2 like in a mar in the mario series that hadn't happened since the nes days like where there was a direct sequel being... to yeah no we, yeah we didn't that mention was a total that. surprise to me yeah right and it was like what was it three years after it was like 2007 and 2010 i think was when they came yeah, out yeah so mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, well, I remember like when Mario Galaxy 1 came out, like the reviews were like, oh, it's really good, but we'd like to see a second one where it's perfected. And then it did. There was a second one and it got like, I know it got a 10 on IGN, got like game of the year as well. And I, I don't know, I think it was reviewed pretty well, but yeah, I felt like Galaxy 2 just pretty much like just full on nailed it. You know, it's like, hey, here it is. Like, it's pretty much, uh, yeah. So they actually, maybe they were just kind of like, oh, we can do it better. And they did another one. I don't know. But it is but yeah, other than other than the uh, new Super Mario Brothers games, there haven't been Mario sequels since either. Yeah, like in the same universe or all that, you know, really. So that was interesting for sure. But uh, I'm going to think, uh, I think I'm going to put a pin in here unless you guys have anything else you want to say really quick about Super Mario Galaxy. Can't wait to think- get back to that Mario action yeah and we will soon in like less than less than 12 hours we'll well more than 12 hours less than 24 hours we will be playing it and when you hear this we'll you'll be playing it as well but uh yeah this has been our episode 93 sorry it's probably going to end up being our longest episode of all time but you know sometimes we got to talk about a lot of shit and it ends up being we had to talk about the whole galaxy it's okay yeah it's a, we had to cover the every bit of existence so yeah you know you're welcome for that but uh, anyway uh, we've been your hosts i'm trey johnson i'm jerry mikowski I'm John Nitter. And, uh, you know, you can find us at NintendoMadePodcast.com. You can search for Nintendo Made Podcast on the web, and you will probably find all the shit that we put up there. Um, we're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Podcast. We're on YouTube, YouTube slash SpingMater. We're on there. You can find all that shit. Uh, look at Jeremy's Ardu Boy video. He just put up. You can find that on there. Um, our reaction, Animal Crossing, a bunch of other shit. You will find that on there. And um, I'll probably stream some Mario Odyssey stuff tomorrow night. Or, well, Thursday night. It'll already be up before this is already up, so it doesn't really matter. 
matter. But if you saw it, good for you. Anyway, uh, you know, thanks for listening to us jibber-jabber about uh, Portland and Mario and all that stuff, and we appreciate it. And if you like the show, like, please leave us a rating. We could, you know, it, it will help other people find the show easier, and then, you know, your friends can enjoy it as well. So, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Revederci. See you later. Sometimes you play it really slow because you don't want it to be over. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> never. Never. It sounds like whales singing. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's like, you man, cry while you're listening to it's it. It's like, I should record this for when we get invaded the whale, by aliens later. The whales later know all the Japan news that. before we do because, you know, they call under the ocean Yeah. Well, you rec- each other. You record it to keep it for when the aliens come down and you need those whale noises to save the world so you don't have to go yeah. back in time and get them. That's what I'm saying. Because they'll be extinct by then. Because that's what I've well, learned. If you don't have it, you can just play Nintendo main. <laughs> that's what I've that's what I've learned. Super slow. That's what I learned from uh, Star Trek Four. Is that we need those whales for the future.